Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome. On this Trenches Wednesday, January 10th, 2024, this sports program starts now. Football is all around us, and we're heading into a super wild card weekend that is going to be an absolute delight. Now, on this glorious Wednesday, we have a stacked lineup of humans joining us. Phil Mickelson, Ooh. obviously three-time oh. Masters champion, will join us in about 20 minutes. Yeah. The golf world has been uh, tripping. Chit-chat and chat. People that are on this side once have just... I'm on this side. <laughs> There's a lot going on with a lot of big names, and obviously the live season starts in February. PGA will be right around the bend. And hot. Does the future look like for all of golf? We shall see. We'll also be joined by JJ. Why? He's a comeback to the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday on the internet. Mm. Whoa. When Adam Schefter tweeted that uh, TJ Watt is going to be out for this weekend's game because of an injury against Buffalo that might have 40 mile an hour wins, by the way. Yep. Let's muck it up. Kansas City might be like, it's supposed to be negative two, maybe. Who yep. knows what the wind chill is going to be? Maybe uh, negative 15, negative what? 17, negative 20, negative 25. What? 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 So we got some nice football weather games mm-hmm. in the AFC, which is why home field advantage is so important, which is why the season is so damn important. We'll have a graphic that will actually showcase where some teams were in week 10, where they ended up at. Some teams are hot. Some teams have gotten cold. Some teams are going to be able to benefit from playing great football all year long. Look out for the Baltimore Ravens with this weather that's oh, happening mm-hmm. and them being known and having a home field advantage. And then also the San Francisco. Francisco 49ers don't have to travel to any hell places where it might be negative 20 like Green Bay. As this weather continues to turn in this glorious country that we get to live, Will Johnson and the Michigan Wolverines might join us in the third hour. Oh, that'd be sweet. We've been in contact with a person, obviously a massive pick in the national championship, but everybody talked about him being, this is the best corner that Michigan Mm -hmm. has. And also, Sainer still is the second best Mm -hmm. guy in their secondary. Both of them basically play their biggest game in the biggest moment, which is the story of that Michigan Wolverine scene. He might be joining us. There's some other people that might be stopping by. What we do know is the guy who stopped by yesterday caused quite a conversation. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Now? Very usual. Not like that. The um, <laughs> yeah. So Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, season four is uh, done. Yeah. Ah, oh, complete Man. season. There's going to be a lot of people that are happy with that. Myself included, to be honest. With the way it ended, it got real loud. Mm -hmm. And uh, real loud. I'm happy that that is not going to be my mentions going forward, Mm -hmm. which is great news. We always, and this is legit, and I think I'm never going to act like people are out to get people. Sure. But throughout my life, there's been a lot of people that have definitely wanted to see me not do good because uh, I'm an uber-confident human being, loud. And if I think you're trying to hold me or my guys back, like, I'm an asshole, too. Certainly have zero. (laughs) Don't need you. Hey, what are you? Nothing. Sweet. See ya. Keep it moving. So there were some people, especially when, you know, like, uh, you know, I negotiate my own deal here. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole business there. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. Couple jobs. Connections. A lot of stuff like that. See ya. Hey, I'm uh, going to with... I'm I'm running my show. Oh yeah. I keep my creative rights. Okay, hundred percent. Who's gonna create sh- me and my guys? That's gonna. That's how this. That's a whole nother. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother <laughs> entire profession. No, con man. You can just keep your sound effects to yourself. Okay. In this exact moment, that's a whole nother profession. People, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So you got this group here, this group here, mm-hmm. and then we have it. We've cut the line too a lot. You know, because this is supposed to be like a union where you just kind of wait for others and you go. So then you got, you got like that group, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
So going in, we knew that we potentially ruffled some feathers in about three to five professions that have a lot of power and a lot of say. And we understood it. We completely understood it. I appreciated it. I have a lot of respect for a lot of agents. There's a lot of horrendous horseshit ones, though, that somehow get by. And they kind of make the good agents look bad, by the way. So that is just that. This whole thing, I don't believe in any of them. Like, I don't. Like, the middle management producers that run shows and stuff and create headlines and ideas and stuff, They none of them have a lot of respect for me. I don't have a lot of respect for them, which is why I'm like, don't put us up for the Emmys. Don't want to be an Emmy person because these are the humans that are voting on them. Mm -hmm. Now, through our times, I've found like three to four of these people that are good at their jobs and sure. creative and fun. Most of them, though, just kind of very, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. this type of thing. So don't really get along with much of them. And then all these people that think we jump line and we don't deserve it, like those people have hated us since we were on the internet. I have a lot of respect for them and their hustle and their grind, but they were gonna be against us forever. And we knew that, I knew that coming into this. And over the last week, we have certainly given them all a lot of stuff to get mad about and become loud about. We have messed up in that particular aspect. And by we, I mean, we're a conversation show. People are having conversations. We live in a country that has freedom of speech, but also you're going to have to deal with the consequences of your freedom of speech. So what I'm saying is we've given a lot of people who've been waiting for us to fail a lot of ammo and things to attack us for over the last week. And we would love to get back to the point where we just move on and continue to silence all the haters over here who can't negotiate as good as I can. All the people over here who can't create a show as good as us, and all the people up here who are just going to always be here, and they're going to hustle and do their thing, which I respect, but we need to do that, and that is our focus, that is our goal, and Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. He's a four-time MVP. He's a massive piece of the NFL story. Whenever you go back and tell it, he will be a huge part of it. We are very lucky to get a chance to chat with him and learn from him. Some of his thoughts and opinions, though, do piss off a lot of people. A lot of people. And uh, I'm pumped that that is no longer going to be every single Wednesday of my life, uh, which it has been for the last few weeks. On Friday, obviously, I threw us into the fire as well. Forever stand by that. Everything else, though, <laughs> like, just can't do that and not what we want to be known for. And I'm also pumped that I don't have to do these types of talks sure. anymore. So with that being said... Sports are alive right now. Yep. Yeah. There's so much happening. The Toxic Table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. Sweet shirt, Connor. Thank you. Appreciate it. Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland. I figured because it's purple, anytime I wear purple, it matches the municipal shoes. So might as well just grab it off the uh, shelf. Actually, all my shirts are hung up now. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's They're got a closet deal. in his house. Yeah, I finally deal. got a closet. He just upgraded, actually. Uh-huh. No, no longer on the floor. Can actually walk around the place. It's, 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 it's very nice being a human. From the pub to where you are now wearing <laughs> Mark Wahlberg shoes, mm -hmm. I am incredibly proud wow. of you. Ty Schmidt, massive weekend, obviously, for the Packers mm -hmm. and the story of the NFL. There's a lot of things saying, why not the Packers? Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked to C.J. Stroud, and with the Bengals going to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, those young teams who kind of – you know, you don't know what you don't know. You just go out there and play. Cowboys have all the pressure on them. Yep. If the Packers do win that game, the amount of talking heads the following Monday who just kill the Cowboys once again, like, they have to win this game. They're expected to win this game. They should go to the Super Bowl. The Packers are playing incredibly well right now. They're incredibly young. Like, those guys just need to go out there, play free, don't know what you don't know. Why not shock the world on Sunday? And I'm talking myself into it more and more with each passing. Which day. we love because if it doesn't happen, oh, yeah. oh, you man. were a believer. I, I will be. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which I'm pumped for because I, 
I believe that's what sports are for. You're supposed to live and die with a team. You're supposed to have belief and faith that somebody will show up on a moment and give you a memory that you'll be able to have for the rest of your life, especially in a year where nobody could have expected it to go to the place that it has gone, especially with a few of the weeks where it looked bad. Real bad. It's like, wait a minute. Are they going to have to do a full overhaul? Have they earned another year here? Has Jordan Love earned another year? Because the way they set up the contract mm -hmm. with the signing bonus so you get paid a little bit more money, they could move. How about the floor? What's that whole thing? Good, good. What's that whole what? thing? Well, it turns out all of them. Yeah. Working good. Absolutely. Good for you guys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Speaking of everything working good, one half of the hammer. Don. Cowboys, Tone Diggs, Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Buffalo. Now, that has been a place that has not been terrible for the Pittsburgh no. Steelers. Buffalo has been a place where Pittsburgh fans show up. Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers show up. Mm -hmm. And they're saying 40-mile-an-hour wins. They're saying this is going to be a grind and pine football game. Ooh. The difference between this Pittsburgh Steelers team being good and the Pittsburgh Steelers team being awful was Mason Rudolph opening it up. Yeah. Does that scare you a little bit, especially because they got Josh Allen, who's a six foot five power running back if they need it? How do you feel about the matchup with how the weather's going? When uh, when these matchups came out, what was it Sunday? And I, you and I were talking, and I immediately showed you the Buffalo weather report, and I said it needs to be as windy, <laughs> as cold, as snowy what? as possible because. The Pittsburgh run game, um, we have a guy I think here later that could maybe touch on this, uh, has been so much better um, as of late. Like Warren and Naj have been, they, they're doing different things in the run game that has made it really, really well lately. And Buffalo, as far as yards per rush, they are 28th against the run. Now the Steelers are 21st and, and Buffalo can run the ball too. But if it is a running game versus running game, and yeah, Josh Allen can be used a ton in that running game. But running game versus running game, and you could kind of take Josh Allen passing game because Josh Allen obviously light years better than Mason Rudolph in the oh, passing wow. game. I don't wow. know. Sure. And, and the Steelers kind of just did this I'm not last saying, week. I'm but, not, I was just making a sound effect. Don't put me on. But it's going to have to be ugly for them to win on Sunday. And if it's 50-mile-an-hour wind gust, it's going to get ugly. And that's the best chance that we have on Sunday. Yeah, and Conman just pointed down a Bill Belichick picture in the yeah. New England Patriots helmet. Because remember, up in yep. New England, what was that, two years ago? They're still wearing masks. Years, yes. uh, yeah, that was Matt Jones' rookie year. Yeah, uh, yeah, Bill Belichick showed up with a Navy mm -hmm. mask on his face. Yep. And then they ran just power, triple option football yep. the entire game. And Buffalo planned on doing the same thing. Mac Jones actually checked to a throw one time. Mm -hmm. And Bill Belichick, who told, who told this kid to do that? Where's Hoyer? Buffalo has been a place that has been notorious for having bad weather in certain moments. I got a chance to play up there my rookie year in the middle yep. of a blizzard. Ooh. Two feet of snow ended up on the field. It's possible. It's what makes that Bill's place as great as it is. And, you know, they could have put a dome on that next uh, stadium. And they said, that's not Buffalo football. Mm -hmm. So you're going right into what they want. And Buffalo is one of the hottest teams oh, yeah. in the entire NFL because Kadarius Tony had no idea nope. where to line up. No, he didn't. And know. also had hit piece that came out against McDermott the week yep, before. Right. They've rallied. They've been great. Whenever you talk about the run game for the Pittsburgh Steelers being much better, it would be dumb not to bring in 12-year NFL vet, mm -hmm. Super Bowl champion, a man who used to look like an offensive lineman, yep. but is still an offensive lineman at heart. Ladies and gentlemen, hosting the trenches, A.Q. Shipley. Thank you. They just have a much better design in the run game now with the new offensive coordinators uh, since Matt Canada has left and been fired. Is that the case for Pittsburgh? It, it's better design and it's better blocking. That That's the key, right? I think that when they made the switch in Broderick Jones, right, mm -hmm. when he went in attack, well, I think that was a big key piece. But moving forward, listen, you can design all you want. You really can. You can design. You can have all, You can have Kyle Shanahan. But if, if if you can't block people up front, 
it's not going to go. And they are running the ball. They're blocking people. They're staying connected. They're getting a hat on a hat. And they're George Pickens is running his feet. Yep, that's right. Yeah. I mean, they got buy-in as well. <laughs> they got buy-in. I'll tell you, hey, why not the Pittsburgh Steelers? <laughs> And joining us, nine-year NFL vet, host of Everything DB, and obviously a man who's had a fantastic season thus far. We assume he will continue it that way. Ladies and gentlemen, Derek J. Ballers. D-Butch, your uh, main team that you're a fan of, the Miami Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Okay, they are traveling to a very cold place. Very, very cold place. They're saying negative two. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wind chill could be who knows what it could be. Kansas City Chiefs team obviously has played in that type of weather for a long time. Andy Reid was actually asked about the weather, and he basically just stated, like, it is what it is pretty much. And then he gave a nice little metaphor at the end because he's Andy Reid. Always end on a high note. Here's Andy Reid talking about the weather. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on Miami having to deal with it and what McDaniel's message probably is. Uh, The guys are... Pretty resilient, and uh, so you, you get you get yourself ready. And um, if it works out that way for you or whatever, I don't know how to I don't know how to uh, quantify that. Um, you know, it's cold. Yeah. So uh, I just say, get ready for the game. Let's do that. I don't really care what goes on out here. Um, yeah, we're not having a snowball fight. Okay. <laughs> so there's not a snowball fight, although we have seen those before in NFL stadiums and NFL games. But dealing with the cold, I'm from Pittsburgh. It gets cold in Pittsburgh. I've heard too many assholes tell me when it gets cold, you're from Pittsburgh. Yeah. That mean I like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And everybody, AQ moved to the warm weather as fast as he possibly could. Mm-hmm. He's from Pittsburgh, rather tough guy, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would say. But the old adage is like, Florida boys don't like playing the cold. That's just how it is. This Miami team, a mm. lot of explosives, a lot of energy. But don't you think that there's a chance that you actually use this game as like a celebration? Don't get to be in the cold. Don't get to be in the snow as much. Don't Absolutely get to... not. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely so how big not. of an advantage do you think this is for Kansas City I that mean, it's going to be miserably cold, freezing cold? We played in the freeze. Were you there for the game we played there? It was freezing cold? Yes. Frozen field. Oh, yeah. I slip. I come on the field to warm up. Okay. Frog, our, my guy, equipment manager, he's like, hey, you need to be wearing a flat because of how I'm like, I, Frog, I'm going to wear a cleat. Mm-hmm. So I go out there, first punt, warm up, right in front of, there's like 40 Chiefs fans, probably that bank robbing son of a bitch yeah, right there, pointing laughing at me. I'm like six feet away on the ground in the back of the end zone, pointing laughing at me, mm-hmm. acting like I'm an idiot. I'm, and then Frog comes running over, obviously, and Frog goes, Here's the shoe you need. It was an ice skating rink. It was an actual ice skating rink. We ended up winning that game. Bruce Aarons gave a speech at halftime that literally just said, it's cold as shit. Let's win and get the hell out of here. And that was the motivation that we needed. Do you think the Dolphins are in a massive disadvantage for this because Kansas City's been here, done that before? And does it matter? It definitely matters. It definitely matters. Just like late in the season when some teams come from, you know, weather like this and then go down to South Florida and you're dealing with that heat and humidity because a lot of our – off season now looks yeah. kind of like that picture right now. And then you're going up there on a Saturday. You got to play a football game. It would have been okay. good to hey. be here the last. <laughs> yeah, that, but I mean, that's why you got to win those games. 12 hours yeah. or so would have been you, nice. That's why you got to win those games, man. And uh, I'm more worried about, obviously, the team. You know, we, we struggled against uh, good teams, good ball clubs. And obviously, Kansas City is that. Patrick Mahomes is that. Andy Reid is a great coach. They're going to have a great game plan. Uh, it's going to be Tyreek Hill, our biggest weapon. He's used to playing this weather. He's been in these big games. He'll kind of be in that revenge game uh, mode. But uh, as long as we're out there, once you start playing football, once the blood gets flowing, it's football again. TV timeouts up. You know, you stand out there in the field. You're not by that heater, but you got heated benches. You got your helmet heated. So once you start playing, it's not it's not that bad. But it's definitely, 
an advantage in Kansas City. Safety. For kickers and punters in this game, and not that they need it, they probably already know, but for others in the future, and even players, everybody can learn from this. They give you those big parkas, mm -hmm. those big things. The key to this, and Vinatieri, I don't know if he had mastered it before I got there, and he's one to introduce it to me, but this is just how I've always known. You turn that song bitch backwards, okay? Ooh. You put that over top of you, and you sit on that heated bench mm. because there's heat coming from the bottom as well for your shoes. So not only are you and your ass and your back getting heated up, but now you got hot air coming nice. through your entire body. I would sit on that bench until it was fourth and whatever. Like not even warming up in the net. I'm not even hitting one over there. That thing's loose. That thing's making me more cold than it. I just sat literally with this thing the whole game, sweating. I'm, I'm having a great time. Have to. They're like, it's negative five. I'm like, <sighs> not where I'm I like, really? Uh, I, it was phenomenal. That's, you don't get the, Luxury of doing that while you're playing the game. Sure. Uh, but those of us that are on the sideline, that is the play. That is the move. But that's how much it goes into whenever it's miserably cold. Like, trying to figure out how to stay warm. When do I go over to heat a bench? Do I go over to the little torch thing that doesn't really work that well mm -hmm. for other than uh, about two inches of people mm -hmm. and everything like that? It's a whole other added element, and that's why the home field advantage is a massive ordeal. Go ahead, Tom. I know Brady wore scuba suits. Um, like, can punters, can D-backs wear scuba suits? I know the O-linemen, like idiots, will not wear anything. Not anymore, That's though. Tough. Not anymore, though. It's I, changing. Yeah, definitely changing. You're seeing more sleeves on O-linemen more than ever. I tried. That. How do you feel about it? Listen, <laughs> I mean, I I love the old school thing, but I'm also at I'm, I've I've grown a little bit. I've yeah, you're 260 moved, pounds. You I've live moved in the warmer weather. Mm -hmm. I've figured out, hey, why not be comfortable? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah cold sucks. Got, why not be comfortable? You got to find out what works for you. And uh, recently, uh, Hall of Famer, NFL Hall of Famer, and College Football Hall of Famer, now Randy Moss. One, uh, one game we were having, uh, I believe my rookie or second year in Chicago. It's cold as hell, wind sideways, maybe been snow, hell, whatever. And I'm out there, no sleeves on, trying to Tough. be tough. Hey, but hey, get your ass in there, put some sleeves. You ain't intimidating nobody out here. He had his sleeves <laughs> on. So you got, hey, you got to do what works for you. I know Tom wore the scuba suit. Whatever works for you, some guys. What's that stuff? Some guys, new skin. Yeah, yeah or Vaseline, Vaseline or whatever it is. Yeah. But the wind for me, it's fingies and the toes. As long yeah. as those are good, I'm all right. And, yep. and it's the one time in football where you actually, at least me, you actually kind of think about when you're going to hit somebody. Like, oh, it's like, oh, shit. Like, fit, filling holes, hitting the, hitting yeah. the ball, the ball. Like, said, you think about kicking a, the ball because it's what? Impossible. Yeah, it's because it yeah, normally when it's cold, it's windy too. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that's why windshield's there. And wind is your biggest disadvantage. So not only is the ball worse, the wind is your nightmare. So <laughs> they're coming in, in abundance and you've just been laughed at by fans because you fell on your ass. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it's not fun. Good I, luck to all of them. I pissed off. But AJ Hawk be right now if he was in this conversation. Just listening. Wait, it's well, cold. It's We're cold. talking. Everybody cold. has to deal with cold. Are you going to die? No. Okay. Make a tackle. <laughs> that's what AJ Hawk was. Yep. Say. Yep. Now, granted, we'll see if that's how he yeah, addresses exactly. it. Exactly. In the second hour, he's got to clear some things up from what he said yesterday too. <laughs> For sure. Uh -huh. you know, For he, sure. He, he certainly and, and hurt. Yeah. And, and reacted to it with his face. That's mm -hmm. right. And then brought back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was that. By the way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You know? Oh, yeah. I was almost oh, yeah. damn near done. And the checking thing made it worse. Oh, yeah, you oh, shouldn't yeah. check people. That's why I don't. Let you know, the, I'm a skill player. Let the internet check them. I'm a skill player out here. Anyways, yesterday was wild. <laughs> wild day. Last 12 hours has been pretty crazy. Yeah. Just people so mad. I got people telling me I'm the greatest thing to ever exist in America. Mm -hmm. And then the following five messages are that I should just disappear, go into a dark cave hole like Aaron did and never come out because I'm the worst, most despicable human of all time. I don't like that. 
I don't like that there's two different responses. <laughs> we're supposed to, I thought we were unified. Come on, we're try, I'm trying my best <laughs> yeah, to unify. Yeah. Like, that is literally my goal in this entire thing. So, uh, we're at, hey, in our mind, we're always here, baby. We get oh, to man. talk about sports. Oh, yeah. We get to talk about sports. Speaking of sports happening, how about golf? Yeah. Now, Tiger Woods uh, filmed a video with Foreplay mm-hmm. Pod, yes, uh, I believe, today at released. Mm-hmm. And if you think, I just, I don't know. I'm excited to see awesome. what's in there. I think I saw him helping Trent with his golf swing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I saw Frankie posing a little bit, so he probably hit a dime in front sure, of Tiger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for him. The boys are over there. Riggs is really built. That's a fantastic. That's a fantastic yeah, a group. Of them. Oh, yeah. Good for them. Uh, but if you think about the history of golf, there's like two names. One of them is Tiger. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to think of Jack. I get it. But I'm saying in honor. Art, right. Yeah. Honor, yeah. Yeah. And the other is this lefty who likes to hit bombs. He's got his own coffee. Massive calves. Huge. Massive. Hammocks. Massive. He's got thighs for calves. Mm-hmm. Seems to be always cool. Wears the best sunglasses. Yeah. And he's been part of a conversation about changing golf forever for the better a massive piece of it is he doing that i guess it's who you ask but joining us now ladies and gentlemen from live three-time masters champion phil mickelson guys thank you thanks for having me on hey thank you for joining us phil how's life pal how's everything going over there Things are great, and I really enjoy your show. I enjoy what you're doing and how you are kind of changing the game and bringing a, a different level of energy and a different uh, way of presenting things. And it's been fun and interesting to watch. And I think that there's a lot of uh, synergies and parallels to what's been going on in the in the world of golf as well and uh, similar to what you've been going through. Well, they're going to clip that and obviously cook me for it because <laughs> of everything. But I want to let you know, Phil, I appreciate you, Phil. Because we appreciate the hell out of you. We love you, Phil. And... Uh, Let's go into it now because there's a situation kind of brewing here with Rory McIlroy, which if we go back a couple years, you going to his defense and him basically talking good about you guys would not be the case. We all knew that he was one of the faces of the PGA, was very anti the potential changes that are coming. And now Rory's statements are like, wow, I'm kind of seeing the picture of everything. Rory came out and basically said that what Liv has done is expose flaws that have happened in golf, which I think all of us were saying that were excited about the changes that were taking place at the very beginning. You were certainly saying that at the very beginning, and now he's kind of come around, and then people started attacking him and assuming that you wanted to attack him for saying this because it's like, ha ha, Phil was right, you were wrong. You came out and were like, whoa, hey, listen, this is probably taking a lot of effort to get to this point for Rory McIlroy. We should sell Celebrate this and move forward. Now, with that being said, are you proud of the fact that here we are a couple years later, Liv isn't completely gone, seems to be growing and making the game better? This is kind of the vision of it all. And how do you see it over the last few years, Phil? So with with um, change, there's going to be disruption, and we're 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 through most of the disruption. But you know, when you look at big picture, and, and most people aren't going to care, but this is my life's work. Like I love golf. I've been you know, playing my whole life and, and cared and dreamt about as a kid playing professional golf. And so this is uh, my passion, what I love the most. And so I care about where the, the game is going and so forth. And it's been concerning the last many years of the uh, age of our viewer increasing steadily from 55 to 60 to now 65 out on tour. And, and the PJ Tour, when I was there, was trying to do everything we could to attract and appeal to a younger crowd. And we haven't been able to do that. And so now we're finding a way to do that. And Liv is starting to uh, bring in a younger audience by presenting the game of golf in a different way. 
And so there are other aspects of uh, about golf that are difficult that we're trying to solve. Give you a, a couple of examples. One, the golf fan is the most loyal fan in all of sports. And here's why. When you buy a ticket to an NFL game or a, a basketball game, baseball game, you you buy a seat, you, you sit down in your seat, you get to see 100% of the action. But in golf, you buy a ticket, you walk for miles, and you see a fraction of the game. And so when you wanted to come out and watch um, Tiger play and you wanted to watch myself play, we were always on opposite end of the spectrum. So you've got to get there at eight in the morning and watch early. And then you've got to be there till six in the afternoon. If you want to, to huh. watch myself play, we're trying to change that and present it in a different way. So that with the shotgun start, you can come out and you watch all the top players play in a short four and a half hour time period. That's, that's one little thing. Uh, the other thing is when you are a player in the NFL or baseball or so forth, you are an employee of that team and that team controls your schedule. And when we, we go play as a fan, you know who you're going to watch uh, to play. And so in golf, you see every week people are committing to the tournament so that fans have an idea of who might be there rather than knowing who's going to be there. And so that model is starting to change. And if you're a sponsor and you're investing into the game of golf or into an event, you want to know who's going to be there. That's the attraction. That's the the product that you're trying to uh, to bring. And so you want to know what it is you're buying. And all of these things Live is trying to change. And this allows us to bring golf, which is already a global sport, to different parts of the world. Just like NFL is trying to bring football to London and other parts. And by controlling their schedule, they're able to do that because you, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars play the Buffalo Bills in London and you know who's going to play. And golf, we haven't had that ability to do that, which is why our attempt to bring World Golf Championships throughout the world have been uh, unsuccessful globally, but okay in the U.S. And so if I'm a fan, I want to see the best players play against each other. And as a top player throughout my career, I want to play against the best players more often. And our schedules would never match up outside of the majors. They they were, uh, I would play what was good for me, and it was never really directed now Live is creating 14 events where you know who's going to play and who's going to be there. And uh, the tour is start, starting to do that as well now with elevated events, which is great. Like if you're uh, a fan of the PGA Tour, you know that these top guys from the tour are going to play there. And I think in the big picture, when all of this disruption and change irons out and settles through, we're going to have a product that's going to be better for the fans because you'll know who's going to be there and you'll have a product that's easier to to buy if you're a sponsor because you know who's going to be there. And we'll be able to move this product throughout the world and capitalize uh, on markets that we've never been able to touch before and hopefully grow the the market for all of golf, whether you're a manufacturer, clothing, or or a an investor or a sponsor who wants to use golf to bring clients together uh, in different countries, you'll be able to do that because you'll have the best players playing there. With on that note, I think that's what I liked about you guys being on YouTube at the beginning. Yeah, because mm -hmm. obviously we have benefited from YouTube being a global. I mean, our audience, literally Australia, Japan, oh, here, God. like YouTube has that reach. And then when you move to CW, I think at the beginning, now CW has a lot more sports. CW is investing in sports. You guys were one of the first ones. I think for a lot of people, it was kind of hard to find at first. Are you guys worried about the potential? Is it a, if you build it, they will come? Or are you guys keeping an eye on ratings and attendance and everything at this stage? Or are you guys super patient with that entire thing? So it was a great start for us just to have a network to get on. And CW has invested a lot in 
in our product and live sports. And so we were kind of the start. And as a startup, which is what Live is, you have to start somewhere. And so it was a good starting point in the end. We also had a lot of challenges that we had to overcome with uh, pressure from outside sources, from other networks to to not get involved with us. But as we start working together as a whole, if oh, we start buddy. putting the entity of professional golf at the forefront, then we're able to uh, create more partnerships rather than combative relationships. And I think that's kind of where we're headed, which is ultimately where I'm going with this is a better TV uh, product for Live and more uh, corporate involvement from Live going forward. Darius has a question for you, Phil. Yeah, Phil, I was lucky enough to get a chance to watch you and uh, DJ actually down in uh, Doral um, this past uh, in this past off season. Uh, what was your favorite venue that you played mm-hmm. at last year? So Doral was spectacular, and I th- I think it's uh, you know an exceptional golf course and we're going to be starting the year at Mayacoba in Mexico the first week of February which is the week off of the NFL so hopefully you guys will check it out I love that Mayacoba course and then uh, we have an old historical site that we're going to be playing in Las Vegas Country Club the following week the week of the Super Bowl in Las Vegas it's a course I played 30 years ago when I first came out on tour uh, in the Las Vegas Classic so we get I get to return there in a live debut if you will and by bringing golf the week of the Super Bowl to the Super Bowl site and having it finished the day before the Super Bowl we're hopeful to introduce the game and get some excitement for the game from people that we might not be able to cross over and attract without uh, without the use of football in this case. Do they test for marijuana over there at Live? <laughs> uh, they do drug testing, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's one of the drugs they, they test for, but they uh, they do drug testing on us. <sighs> if I get good why, why do you ask that? Well... I smoke copious amounts of marijuana <laughs> whenever I'm in uh, when I'm in legal states. Obviously, yeah, obviously, obviously. obviously, we never do that in Indiana where we call home. Yeah, but anytime we get to travel for anything, obviously I do. Nevada. And I play bingo for yeah, the Super Bowl, obviously. Yeah. But I will probably continue to do that for uh, a majority of my life. I don't think it's right for everybody, but for me, it has certainly made my brain, life, happiness, what? everything better. But I'm working at golf, Phil. Phil, I'm up there. Listen, Phil, I'm up in this golf. Simulate. I'm, I'm on the back. We, yep. got, we got a simulator up there right behind where Watt Wednesday says right there. That's a golf simulator. I'm up there working. I'm on this two courses. We have two holes out here in the back. I'm trying to get good at golf. I just didn't know if, you know, if I get good enough. Because you can golf through your 70. Oh, yeah. that's right. You can golf through your 70. You could be great at golf through your 70. I didn't know if live was going to be a potential opportunity. Now, speaking of live being a potential opportunity, at the beginning, all anybody said was they just want to take down a PGA. They have enough money just to take down a PGA. They don't want to be a sustainable business. Like, and while you were giving off your answer about being able to travel this way, you talked about clothing manufacturers and brands mm-hmm. and everything like that, running it as a business, which is what you would assume everybody is going to attempt to do, especially if they're investing money. With the ROM edition, and we assume there's going to be more, like there's been a lot of money invested in this. Is there a thought that this will inevitably become like profitable and sustainable, or is it just like we actually have a never-ending supply of money? Like that is an actual, that's an actual weapon that you guys certainly have in this entire thing. Is there a thought about that? Will that disrupt things? Is the future very strong, uh, even if it doesn't become profitable until maybe 10 decade or so? Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's, let me explain a little bit more of the business model because- please. 
when we when we have the ability to control the product, meaning uh, Live knows what they are selling, and you know what you're buying as a sponsor, we are now integrating golf on a global scale, and we're going to different countries and utilizing tourism budgets to get us there. So the reason we're going to Hong Kong is they are paying an exorbitant amount of money to bring professional golf at the highest level there. And they're using the tourism mm. budget to do that. We were not supposed to go back to Singapore this year. And then the tourism board at Singapore gets involved. And I'm talking tens of millions, not just a million or two. So when we started out at Live, yeah, we had to pay for sites because it was controversial and there were threats against us not to be involved with us and so forth. But now these countries are using tourism dollars to get us to go there because of the impact we're having on their, on their economy. And so, uh, it's it's as much to cover the entire purse. So to not see this opportunity is uh, short-sighted. We, we, this is an area of of uh, monetary opportunity that we've never had in golf because we've never controlled the product and be able to sell something tangible. There's too much uncertainty. So will it be profitable? I think it's be profitable a lot sooner than than you think, especially as we start working together, all professional golf. Uh, and we stop having these uh, kind of threats and trying to suppress our product and our TV opportunities and our sponsors. When we start working together as we are starting to, and I think John Rahm signing is really being used as a bridge to bring these sides together, realizing that live isn't going away, that this is going to be a staple and that if we compete, we're going to be competing against uh, each other for television uh, dollars and sponsorship dollars and so forth, rather than working together and uh, to, to do the, create the best product for the fans and as well as sponsors and the best opportunities for the players. So we're starting to work together. John Rom has been a huge impetus in this, and this is going to open up markets. Just like I mentioned, tourism dollars, not to mention uh, global uh, companies that, that uh, are outside the U S on a, on a, uh, that are very large that want to get involved uh, and use golf as a way to bring in clients together and, and promote their brand. So, there, there's incredible opportunities. It will be profitable very quickly. And building equity in a brand uh, and bringing a team aspect, although it's difficult to see right now because golf has been an individual sport for hundreds of years, or not hundreds, but you know, many, many years, at least 100 plus. Thousands. It's hard to see <laughs> this transition and this change and, and, and the benefits of this. But in the big picture, again, what I also see is like a team, let's say, is an opportunity to help young players that don't have access to the same type of support system that's necessary to be successful. And by that, I mean this. There's a lot of great young players that don't have access to the proper physical training or the proper instruction or the proper facilities needed to be their best. And as a team owner, let's say with high flyers years down the road, five, 10 years, I'll have a high flyers golf course high facility flyers. that I'll have world-class fitness training, world-class physical therapy, world-class instruction. And I will be able to bring in many young players and give them access mm. to this training. And what will I benefit from it as, a, as, as an owner of the team? I'll have first rider refusal. So when they go out and they become a great player and they want to, they're, they're winning majors, winning tournaments, I'll have the first rider refusal to sign him to my team, but I'll be able to bring dozens of young players in and academy this is the european academy model you know bring bring them in provide everything for them to become the best that they possibly can in the sport that's huge i had not heard that about the the live golf is that is that far away from so now it, 
it's all part of the big picture. It's all part of the plan. Like I say, it's a, it's evolving. And so we want to create opportunities for, for young players to get involved in this. And as we start building this team aspect, each team will be able to provide those opportunities and benefit from them, hopefully long-term by again, having the, the first rider refusal to maintain these players. That's really good idea. Yeah, I had not geez. heard that. Uh, and you're not a lawyer and Obviously, we're not expecting you to know everything that's happening, but you're one of the founders, seemingly, of Live. And the way you've just described the business side of it, feels like you have a great handle of everything happening over there. I was told Live and PGA were together, right? Remember old buddy? Yeah, was old yeah, buddy that mm-hmm. went on a vacation for two weeks immediately? After? Jay Monahan. Jay Monahan. He uh, <laughs> remember he was meeting in uh, restaurants in Italy, I think, or Milan yep, or something, yep. and then out of nowhere, boom! And then it was like blindsided almost everybody. And then as it continued to go on, it's not, what is, is that still ongoing? What's happening there? Because you said John Rahm is a great bridge to bring both sides together. We're hearing Rory speak positively. It feels like there'll be a lot more agreements from the members of the PGA to kind of combine forces now more so than a year back or whatever. Is that still ongoing? What, what do we not understand about that process there? So I don't have a lot of answers for you on where they are in the merger. I'm not involved in those uh, discussions per se. I just know the vision of what Yasser has for the game of golf and is working hard to bring that vision together and to bring professional golf and present it differently uh, to the public to help grow the game and to help grow it on a global scale and grow the interest to younger players and try to attract the demographic that we have not been able to attract so far. But with John Rahm signing on, what it's done is create a bridge and an opportunity for us to come together because the realization is live isn't going away. Like that's what the talk is like. It's ridiculous. And so uh, now people are realizing, okay, it's not going away and we want to work together. And if we're the majors and we want to have the best field and, and keep on the tradition of these great events, we're going to have to have the best players in the world. And we're going to have to create a qualifying system for these players to get there. And if you're the PJ Tour and you realize that your your most important asset is the quality of field and the players, and you are going to keep losing players if you don't work together, this is a bridge that now is opening the those conversations to start working together. And I thought... I thought that that it was a very big move on Rory's part to say a couple of things that he said. One was that we don't want to go forward in the Ryder Cup without John Rahm. That's a big step. It's a, a total turn from these guys made their bed and, and lie with it. It's a coming together. Like he opened the door for us to start working together, I feel, as well as uh, the recent comments about how there's a place uh, in golf for live and uh, for team events and so forth. And the way – look – there's always going to be a need for traditional golf and there's always a desire for it. Like these tournaments have been around for a long, long time. I have a great history, a great reverence, but that's also led to an increasing age demographic in our fan base. And we've got to be able to, to also attract the younger players. And there's a place for live as well. And there's a place for a fun, edgier, louder uh, presentation in, in golf. And that's what we're trying to do. And they both should be working together for the greater good. And I think that uh, that's where we're headed. And John Rahm's signing is that bridge because it's the realization that we need to work together going forward for the long-term success of the game. We love Rombo Bombo. Oh, yeah. Absolutely yeah, love oh, him. Yeah. I assume everybody on both tours does as well. Connor has a question about that. Yeah, Phil, because Rom has joined, do you feel as though, or actually, have you actually kind of 
got more people reaching out to you? Like, okay, now that Rom's there, maybe this is something I consider. Like, are golfers now, because of Rom, probably going to cross that bridge if they were thinking about it in the past? And then also, is John – John's getting his own team. Is he going to have the whole facility like yourself? And is that something that was talked about with John? And do you know what maybe his team would be? Is there any sneak peek we can have perhaps? So I don't want to speak for John on his behalf, but I know that all teams, big picture, are trying to have that type of model where we have these facilities that can support our own teams the best way and provide opportunities for great young players who need that type of support system in a financial model that sustains it rather than just taking donations and creating a institute of sport that uh, continues to drain funds each year. There'll be a model here where these golf courses will sell memberships and those members will have access to those facilities as well. And it will be a profitable venture that we can sustain and continue to bring more young players in. As far as uh, John's team, I know that they are talking to a, a couple of players and, but I don't want, I mean, that's their, that that's their thing. I'd rather let them discuss that. I know that I've had a lot of calls from players that realize that what they have been being told now for the last year and a half, isn't really accurate. And it has opened their eyes to this is another option that if I'm available or, or presented with the opportunity to play, it's not going to, it's not going away. I'm not going to be undermining my career. I'm going to be creating a, a, a different opportunity. So there aren't a lot of spots. And so live is being very selective on, on who they bring in because they want to create value for the product and continue to strengthen it. So some of the players that have called me, they, there hasn't been an opportunity for them to come, but um, that will continue to change over time as we end up adding a few teams, creating a, a few more players and uh, becoming a stronger product. We think about some of the guys that were allegedly offered a couple hundred million and then they turned down or whatever. And then now, you know, there's not enough spots left. Uh It's wild, wild for all of them. Tone has a question for you. Yeah, Phil, 2025, when the Ryder Ryder Cup comes back to America at Bethpage, if you are not playing, do you have any interest in being the Ryder Cup captain at that time? Or could you just be, you know, be a player coach as well? I've had... 12, 13 opportunities to be a part of the Ryder Cup, uh, 12 as a player, one as a vice captain, and I've loved every minute of it and cherished those moments and those ex- life experiences. I don't feel I'm the right guy f- to be involved with the team because I'm a very divisive uh, character right now, if you will, and uh, I understand that uh, that the players on the PJ Tour, there's a lot of hostilities towards me, and I don't feel I'd be the best leader for them uh, going forward. I think that as a Ryder Cup captain, you have to be kind of a unifier and have these relationships uh, solidified and somebody that um, you know you you want to follow. And right now, uh, I've been very divisive, and, I, and, and I'm okay with that. I knew that was going to be the case. I knew the next couple of years that it was going to take a couple of years and that uh, I was going to take a lot of hits and, and a lot of divisiveness, but I believe that it is in the best interest of the game of golf to present it a different way to a younger crowd and to try to stop a problem that is coming up quickly, which is the age demographic of our fans. I also believe that it's going to be a better thing for the professional itself to, um, to some of the, the the things behind the scenes that I don't need to get into the details of of the pay structure and the 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 rights of the players and so forth I think those are going to be solved and uh, going forward and this is a product that brings a different element with team and so forth that I I really believe in and so I knew I was going to take some hits going forward I'm okay with that and as a divisive individual I don't think I'm the best unifier going forward uh for the Ryder Cup and that's that's fine because 
I've had so many great memories with it. It's, it's time for other people to, to be able to create their own memories, opportunities, and life experiences that the Ryder Cup provides. Yeah, I think the Ryder Cup, obviously, for the fans is huge, which leads to this from Ty. Yeah, Phil, just curious. Um, like, when you look, you've obviously got your feet wet now with a bunch of these, these live events. Uh, when you look at it and, like, you talk to the other players out there, you mentioned the shotgun start earlier and then also, like, the 54-hole the format the team format, all that kind of stuff. Is everyone pretty happy with how things are going? Or like, are there any other maybe changes that you guys would like to pull from like uh, a PGA tournament format to, to kind of just continue to evolve what live is like, where does everyone kind of stand on the actual tournaments themselves right now? Have you seen a single live player not smiling? I mean, we are smiling all the time. Uh, the energy output each week is so much different. And all of the things that have been, frustrating in a player experience has been uh improved exponentially on live but it's in in fairness we only have 48 players relative to 156 and it's much harder to accommodate three times as many players who have three times you know triple the families triple the the coaches triple the the fitness uh instruction the physical therapy all this so it's much easier to accommodate and target and make the experience for these 48 players who are are playing uh much better so in fairness like it's been a lot easier to fix those things and uh, that's why we're all enjoying it and why we're smiling so much is that all of the the details that have been frustrating from a player standpoint, which nobody cares about, but be, and shouldn't. But the things that we've been going through, uh, they have been able to be fixed. You know, the what tournaments are we playing? When are we playing? What is our schedule? When's our flight? Is it Friday night? Is it Sunday night? Where am I heading from there? Uh, all of these details that have led to challenges for scheduling and family functions and birthday parties and all the little things that life. just are, are part human. of life. Yeah, being a human. Yes, yeah. it just has made uh, the experience for the player uh, incredibly better. But that's not something that's going to translate, let's say, to the fan experience or or the things that matter when we are professional golfers trying to present a product and are in the entertainment industry. But from a player's perspective behind the scenes, uh, it's – it's incredible. couple brainstorming things here. You know, and I appreciate you talking about being a human because I think that's what that full swing thing yeah, yeah. displayed the most about how you guys, the PGA Tour, and it was, ama- it was amazing to me to find out that they're independent contractors, not guaranteed a single thing, but you have to play for our tour, but we're not going to guarantee you anything, but you got to guarantee us that. I think we learned about that through the living, like guys losing money each mm-hmm. week for traveling. If yep. they didn't make the cut, they had a couple of bad days, but they were being shown for 12 hours a day while they were golfing. It was like the, just the, I don't want to say immorality, but seemingly bad business that was kind of taking place. And then we watch that full swing and these guys are, you got a pro-am on Wednesday, you got practice on Tuesday, but you got to be in that city for the pro-am then Thursday, Friday, hope you make the cut Saturday, hope you get Sunday. Well, then you got Monday off. Good for you. Then you got practice somewhere. Then you got pro-am in the next city. It's like, it was a never ending that was wild to kind of watch behind the scenes and learn about. So thanks for committing your whole life for us to watch but, uh, throughout however much time you did. Now committing your life to golf going forward. Just a couple brainstorming things mm-hmm. here, though. As a spectator of golf, I love watching golf. Mm-hmm. We talked about earlier about some of my high-flying operations. Your guys' sport is perfect for that. I mean, it is. Oh, yeah. You know, take a nap, wake up, still stuff going on. Oh, there's a little bit of energy. Don't you think Sunday has to remain like Sunday? The fun, and then also following the leader 
And Shotgun Start, I think, is brilliant, mm -hmm. by the way, for first three days of the tournament or first two days of the tournament or whatever, so everybody could see it. But on that final day, don't we have to make the final day a little bit? You know what I mean? Don't you have to elevate that just a little bit? And isn't Sunday that final day? I think as a spectator, that's one thing that I'm kind of caught off guard with. And then also, and it's going to have to be just changing watch style, I saw a massive putt. I saw a massive putt. I don't know how much money was on the line, but I heard T Pain, ow, wow, 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 right off, right off the green, which is like awesome to think about that being it. But is there any changes? I mean, I mean, Ty just kind of alluded to that, but like the Sunday viewer experience as a golf avid golf watcher who found CW to watch you guys, it's like that is kind of ingrained in our heads. And then like watching the leader all day is like a part of the story almost. Have you thought about that? Has there been conversations about that? Is that possibly something in the future for Liv? Absolutely. Hell yeah. Like this is the feedback that we want. Like right now we have been starting two groups off of hole number one. So you have the leaders that, that tee off one group behind the shotgun start. Mm. But you're right. Like that's the great thing about this product like it's new and it is uh agile we can change it and we want to make it the best product and we're going to and we want your feedback and we want fans feedback and what the experience is like uh so oh phil mickelson like, of the high flyers mm -hmm. has a three-stroke lead going into sunday mm -hmm. like us watching you on the driving range beforehand yeah you know what how your coffee's going to get like that's a whole part of the championship Sunday. Oh, yeah. You know, like that is, and if you can mentally battle through that all to win it, it's like even more impressive, which I think golf already is, mental gymnastics. We're excited to see the future. We can't wait to watch. Hopefully this year yeah. out of Vegas, we'll be out there. Mm -hmm. We'll come check out, see you hit some bombs. Down in Florida, oh, yeah. Darius just sent in a video. You hit, uh, I think, driver off yeah. deck yeah. in rough around a tree, and he was like right in front of it. It's like, that's a spectacle. You're a showcase you're a carnival act with that golf club. <laughs> we appreciate the hell out of you, man. Pat, thanks for having me on the show. And uh, that particular shot, I probably made look a little bit easier than it was. <laughs> that happens with a lot of those shots you hit, Phil. You know, you remember, uh, you remember. Oh, yeah. The one you started just hitting the things over your head. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then all those little golf videos of, all right, in this particular matter, uh, you see the <laughs> the grass is growing towards you. There's a little mm -hmm. bit of dew on here. You're on a little bit of a... Going to want to punch this one a little bit quicker because the grass and the dewness is going to slow it down. Plus, the sun is going this way, you see. So, the the green grass is going to want to find the sun. Mm -hmm. So, you're going to look... It's like, as we heard you speak about golf, a lot of us just said, we got no shot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we got no shot at all. You've done that for all of us, but you've made us all better. We appreciate you, Phil. Thank you. Thanks, Pat. Thanks for having me on. What, where are you right now? Are you golfing? Are we golfing right now? What are we doing? Uh, I'm in Florida. We're just shooting some promo stuff and with, with my team here. And then uh, we're going to be flying back to uh, California. And my, I've got my whole team here for the next four or five days where we've, we're working with um, Dr. Farnsworth on uh, some aim point stuff. We're working with TPI on power plate, uh, power plate issues on our, our golf swing and finding out you know, how, how they function the best. And no we're going to be doing some blind testing for our, our equipment start of the season, which uh, – if, if you have no idea what that is, that's kind of an interesting thing on, on how to get better as well. Yeah, Darius said in the middle there, we got no chance. We do. But I think the future of golf having academies. Oh, yeah. And like, look, he's like, hey, let me introduce you a little bit of game here. We're going to talk to this doctor about this. It's going to be better in the long run. We believe in you. Ladies and gentlemen, Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Speaking of believing in somebody, I believe in Mike Vrabel. Hell yeah. yeah. You know, and big mm -hmm. thanks to Phil for joining us. He's really good at the golf. Yes, yes he is. Phil Very makes good. really good at the golf. Time. And he's, 
Okay. Okay. Nice. I don't know if Mike picks that up or not, but oh, it it has to. It, does. it, it certainly does. Pretty it clear. Does. There was a screeching sound. You know, as the weather turns here, a lot of the things in the Thunderdome are waking up for the first time. That's right. And this is something we should have definitely tested before we're live. We'll put it down in the notes yeah, for exactly. next year yep. to do that. But as Phil was giving a great answer, just this loud shrieking sound in the background. It was like, whoa, 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 can't have that. But at least we know that we're not going to get frozen out of this place. No, sure. no way. No. Remember last winter, we uh, had some pipes freeze right above our head, mm -hmm. and it was just raining every day. Oh, yeah. Yep. It was just raining every day. Right just there. water drop. We had to have garbage cans there. And that's what happens sometimes when you potentially purchase. Yeah, we're gonna want to keep that off, whatever that one is. There you go. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Got a baby, Bruce. No, it's uh, Tim. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Tim. Yeah, Bruce fixed it. <laughs> Tim, Bruce fixed it. Good. Okay. Thank you. Boy, Tim. I texted Tim mid-show. Hey, heaters acting up. Yeah. And then it got louder, and we send Bruce on a mission up there, and Bruce. Probably hit all power out. Yeah, you may, yeah. Have. You may have. Congrats to Bruce not shutting down. Hey, oh. Bruce, what are Michigan's national? Say, He's work, having Bruce. a week. Like week. Bruce is having a week. Thank you, Bruce. No problem. Hopefully it stays off. What did you have to do? What was it up there? Uh, so the control panel things like bolted shut, so you just unscrew it and then one of them's got to be power. You just hit all the buttons till it is. Okay. Right. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. So he doesn't know what he did no, either. No, we have no idea how we fixed it, but we do know that sound is not happening anymore, which is fantastic. Hey, Bruce just turned everything off up there. Thank you, Tim. The second one started when I came up there. Okay. Turn that song bitch off, yeah, too. Yeah. Is it the heater or what is it? Huh? Heater or what was it? Uh huh. Water softener. I knew it. All right. Same as last okay. year. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Little redundancy check. All right. We had two water softeners that were running a reset. There's check. backups for backups for backups everywhere. Love that. Hell yeah. I, well, they need to do a backup to the backup to the backup <laughs> to figure out how to do that without making that terrible sound. That was uh -huh. brutal. I mean, that was a horrible sound. I feel bad if Phil Mickelson probably heard that while he's down in that hotel room. Mm -hmm. right. I think Liv has a chance, especially with John Rom going. That's a big deal. Then Rory coming out and saying what he was like, basically, yeah, I could have got $800 million a couple of years ago, and now I'm learning I should have done it. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, he would have got three. Will Zalatoris, we're big fans. Future golf, way to go. I think they were offering him a couple hundred oh, million dollars, yeah. turned it down for the good of the PGA. And then he got hurt. Yeah, and then he, and then. And then Monaghan just is like, yeah, I'll take it, though, you yeah, know, for right. the whole thing. It was wild story there. Seems like now they're all past it. Congratulations to golf. Yeah. Nice job, and in golf. the end, I think golf fans just want to watch everyone play at the same place against each other. Don't care where it's at. And to the point that uh, our brainstorming activity had there, Sundays we need the like that's that's what we're doing you know and I like that he said no we need to hear that mm -hmm. and that's the part of it they're so young probably in their mm -hmm. eyes that they're gonna make some changes they're nowhere near it I didn't want to get into the graphics but I have no idea who any of these people are on your graphic yeah. just, no three initials the PGA figured out the graphic they just, did mm -hmm. just do just, the right don't need all of them just do their graphic mm -hmm. yeah. you know what I mean just keep it moving I like the name Hoff Lars oh yeah Great. oh yeah. Did John Rom have a team name I yet? Didn't, I don't know. Hey, no. You're a neighbor of his. Do you, does he have flying a flag outside of his house yet? No, and I don't think he's got a team yet, but I know he's getting a team, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's getting a team. He doesn't have a name yet. Doesn't have Los a Toros, potentially. Yeah. Rombos. Rombos. The Rambos. The Bombos. Bombos. Yeah. I mean, the Bombos would be Boom. a lot of. Now we're talking. <laughs>
<laughs> a lot of creative liberties yeah. Yeah, with right. that particular Internet name. Well. But we're not going to talk about it. No. No. no, no, no. Once again, we've talked about it earlier in the show. We've already given people too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to stop doing that. <laughs> a potential water softener going off in the middle of a... I'm sure that'll add to the entire thing. Because we're out here in the middle of Indiana dealing with the weather. It's getting cold. That's going to be a big story this weekend, a super wild yes, weekend. Hell yeah. we got to keep an eye on who's, who's traveling to where to deal with what elements. Mm-hmm. Because some of these places are just going to be obnoxious. Some of these games, though, we just got good on good and good conditions, and we'll see how it goes. Like down there in Houston. I mean, that Houston Texans team, I saw Stephen A. go in the bat for C.J. Stroud being talented, and I certainly love that. And then you got people saying, can't do this for a rookie. You're not going to be able to do that. Why not C.J. Stroud? Yeah. He has no idea. He has no clue that he's not supposed to be as good as he is. He has no idea that he's being historic right now with how he is operating. That could be a weapon when you get in the playoffs, D-Bud. Yeah, you just roll. And, I mean, the guys he's doing it with, I don't think anybody saw. Hey, he's going to come in. Nico Collins is going to have an unbelievable year. Tank Dell, you know, he was, I think, third-round pick. Mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz coming over from Dallas, so he's doing it. Offensive line has played great. Slowick has played great, dialing it up. Defense has been pretty good, especially against the run. You know how important that is. Uh, in the playoffs, so yeah, you don't know what you don't know. He has been phenomenal so far. So in the uh, the last three seasons, uh, home dogs are eight, three, and two in the playoffs, and eighty three percent of the money is on Cleveland. Houston is a home dog. Mm. You bet against Joe Flacco. Oh. <laughs> I don't think so, pal. <laughs> It's happening this weekend with Super Wild Card Weekend. As soon as I heard it was about to be yelled, I couldn't get excited and say it fast enough because football is at its peak right now. we got a new national champion in Michigan. Congratulations. They were a good team. Great yeah, football great squad. They beat the hell out of a good team, the Washington Huskies, mm-hmm. down there in Houston, Texas. And then this weekend, we have the perfect schedule of games. Got two perfectly placed games on Saturday, three perfectly placed games on Sunday, then a Monday night football game to Uh kind of cap it off. We are in the glory days, as the man that's about to join us from an attic in Ohio has always said, this is the good old days. The Toxic Tables here at Boston Carter and at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer, Don Cowboys turn Diggs is here. 12-year NFL vet Super Bowl champion AQ Shipley is here. Nine-year NFL vet host of everything DB, uh, Darius J. Butler is here. And joining us live from an attic, no clap for AQ, but clap for Darius. That says a lot, I think, from... Love you, AQ. He did go to clap for I you. Did. He, I did. Did. he did. I saw I saw somebody. Well, AQ canceled Aaron Rodgers, so that is... Yeah, uh, I'm good. That is uh, why you yeah, boys probably didn't clap. There's a lot of people clapping around the internet, though. From what I... <laughs> Joining us now is a... Uh, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday season four is over. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Has ended, has come to a conclusion. Because the season is over. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now live from an attic in Ohio is a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, a Ryder Cup winner, a man who's the current president of Ohio. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hall. How are we doing? You hear us? Yeah, I hear you good. You, you gave Phil some good feedback, man. I think they might use some of that. I thought so, too. Okay. Could you imagine if we are the... Because we'll just start doing that a lot. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, we got ideas for this. We got ideas for that. A lot of people aren't going to listen, but if they take that one in, they're like... We're here, and I don't know if you guys hear Sundays need to happen. Got to finish up yeah. Sunday. Yeah, like have to happen. All of a sudden, are we making golf better? Are we a part of golf's history? Maybe. We do. Wow. Well, this is a sports program. Wow. There it is. This sports program. last 24 hours, hasn't really felt like that. <laughs> but it does sp- feel like we're part of them to do a uh, tournament in Vegas uh, the weekend of the Super Bowl, the same weekend that Waste Management has theirs. Yeah, Waste Management is in Arizona, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And I don't think... 
uh, our guy from PXG is hosting that particular. <laughs> no, Bob Parsons, not this year. No. Bob Parsons is not this year. <laughs> no, but no, maybe next year. Or no. last year. No, or ever. Well, no, uh, last involved. But that Las Vegas tournament, good, there's a lot of a lot of money going to be out there. Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah, of people going to be out there. Not a bad play, especially if Phil's going to be chipping in and doing uh-huh. some filthy stuff, and Dustin Johnson's going to be driving forever. Joining us now is a man who is not only a first ballot Hall of Famer, right. but he's in the Houston Texans Ring of Honor. There's mm-hmm. only four members. Mm-hmm. He posted a tweet yesterday. He said, wait a minute. Huh. Am I coming back and playing football in Super Wild Card Weekend? I think they noticed. In 40-mile-an-hour wins. Huh? Ladies and gentlemen, you see him on CBS on Sundays talking before games alongside Cower and the boys. J.J. Watt. Yeah, J.J. What's up? Hello. I don't know that shirt. Rocket Power, what is that? That's a great one. Great show. Great show. Great show. What is it? It's a cartoon, a show? Yeah, yep. cartoon Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Cartoon. Street hockey. Street yeah. hockey is the basis of the show. You do a lot of cartoons, JJ? Is that you a cartoon guy, big cartoon guy? Uh, I'm currently developing my own cartoon. Very excited <gasps> about it. What? This guy. Of course. What's it called? <laughs> Ball Town. Hmm. JJ, we're all about in sports middle. balls. Oh, uh, okay. All right, jeez. I didn't know which way you were taking ball down there. I was, I was pretty pumped to hear about it. So you like cartoons so much, you're creating a cartoon. Now, I've heard the animation I mean, is the problem with that. Our animation's extremely good. It takes forever, though, right? It, it takes, like, forever? It takes forever. Yeah. It takes forever. But uh, I'm working with some people who have done some incredible things, working with some of the creators of Hey Arnold. Oh, Don't know what? if you've ever heard of it. Oh, working man. with some of the creators of Arthur. Don't know if you ever heard of it. Heard of Arthur. So, I've heard of Arthur. So the, well, hey, Arnold, you should be careful because they were sneaking dongs into people's faces in the animation. That's right. Okay. Cool. Well, that's a okay. lot of because they can do that. You, there's not yeah. you can yeah. do about it. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. That, that's the, uh, don't laugh. That's Haven't you guys true. had enough lately? Yeah. Haven't you had enough? I mean, what? Just, we're just, <laughs> what? Are you comparing what I just said? <laughs> what I just said? Are you comparing that to you? Go to hell, JJ. <laughs> It's been a lot, JJ. I, didn't my still, I didn't know if I still had a show to do on Wednesdays. I didn't know if we were all yeah. being done or if we were all still not around. being done. So I, I just logged on and was like, I wonder if this is going to happen today. And it did. So I'm happy. Look at us. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. And we so t- happy to see AJ here. He's been trending on Twitter for like the last <laughs> week straight. People just meme central over there. Hey, baby, AJ. Thank you. Someone say it to his face. Have you enjoyed? Have you enjoyed a lot of the a lot of the videos, AJ? I saw one with the what was the song in the background? It was maybe like Meek Mill's Dreams and I, Nightmares. I believe it was. Yeah, it yeah. was. He really. Oh, I mean, it was. It was really good, AJ. Yeah, I don't get. I don't really get lost in it, but I get some of my buds send me some of them, so that's when I see the majority of it. But yeah, I don't. I don't deep dive in. I take everything as a as a positive influence. I appreciate them consuming this content. Thank you all. Yeah, you're trending. You were just dominating the trending boards. Think about his face. Did it take a long time to sit there for them to for the sculptor to carve Stonehenge in your likeness? No, not a long time. Wow. Have you seen the guy? They actually got it wrong. Who's the crazy, uh, it's crazy horse? Yeah, is the one. Cra- yep. yeah, crazy horse. Oh, crazy horse. Is, yeah, crazy horse. Is, uh, that is the right play. If they want to animate or want to. Do- Remove some time. You just do that. But it's been a lot, JJ. Uh, We're lucky to be here, though. But yeah. Aaron, how's Aaron, it going? How are we doing, guys? How are we handling it all? How was Houston? Houston was great. Yeah. Uh, the room you set up. 
Yeah, it was awesome. Well, Willie G's, I yep. believe, was the Food place. There was so that was, good. Thank you for that, yeah, JJ. Thanks, thank you, JJ. That feels like so long ago. It does. But yeah, that was awesome. That was a perfect setup. We appreciate good. you doing that. The people were great to us. Houston people were very, very kind. Love I can you. see why you absolutely love that city, yeah. JJ. Uh, was that a Houston? They're great people down there. Sorry. Sorry. No. <laughs> Not alcoholic beer. Uh, uh, is this your thing? Yeah. Is this your? Oh, is this your at thing? eleven a.m. This guy started a cartoon. We got a non-alcoholic beer. We got a Burnley hat on. Hey, Jesus, hey, JJ, take a second. Only, you're not the only businessman in the room, all right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, Houston people are unbelievable. They treat you very well. They have unbelievable food. Still to this day, one of the most underrated food cities in the entire country, possibly the world. Um, but yeah, they're very, very good. Mm-hmm. Looks yeah. like the national championship game went well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weather sounds like the weather was brutal though. Yeah, kind of hit it like came and it left and it came back mm-hmm. and it came back. I will say, Energy Stadium leaking a little bit. It was oh! <laughs> not. Uh, did you see that? Did That's you hear real. about that? Happened in La House. Yeah, yeah. So what? It was full capacity too, which I didn't know you could do. Oh my god, what's this all about? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's the capacity going to be like at Lucas Oil next weekend? Damn. Oh, swing! All right, listen. Just, just curious. I was just curious because I think NRG is going to be full. So okay. I'm just curious: is, is the loud house going to be loud on Sunday or Saturday? Tom no? Diggs is a Steelers fan. Okay, <laughs> he said that and then got me into something. I, that you know, the loud house is going to have. Monster Jam, I believe. I thought oh, EJ, I thought EJ gave it a lot of credit. So, I mean, I know you guys are just getting your rocks off on CJ saying it was the loudest place he's played. So he's only played in seven or eight away stadiums. So let's not let's not uh, get carried away. And where do we rank? Yep, <laughs> number one. <laughs> Boom. I mean, that, that was an AFC South Championship game. It turned out to be because the Jacksonville Jaguars finished their season in a way that they have a lot of questions. Doug Peterson's made a bunch of moves down there. Obviously, the Tennessee Titans fire Mike Vrabel yesterday, which we will certainly talk about after this particular conversation about the Texans and Colts up there on Saturday night. What were your thoughts on that? You guys win the AFC South here in CJ's rookie year, D'Amico's rookie head coaching year. They come into an incredibly loud in hostile environment and getting massive. They weren't supposed to win that game. Now, granted, there was a drop there by Goodson, which he uh, owned and took credit for. If that mm-hmm. is caught, and who knows what takes place the rest of the game. But with the Houston Texans doing what they've done this year, nobody believed it was possible. You have to be incredibly proud of that organization finding some greatness yet again so quickly, especially with C.J. Stroud at the helm. Yes, it is obviously an unbelievably exciting time down there, not only currently with being in the playoffs, hosting a home playoff game, but also just knowing what they're set up for in the future with D'Amico as a head coach, with CJ at quarterback, with the cap space that they have. And now that is going to be a premier destination for free agents. We've talked about that before. No state income tax, a great young quarterback, the ability to build around him and to play for a great head coach like that. Uh, It's just a special, special time down there. And I mean – before the season, I, I said that they could get up, you know, they could be a possible 10 win team, a playoff team, and they really do look great. And it's, I mean, it's awesome. And I hope the place is rocking on Saturday and it'll be a lot of fun to watch. I think they got a great shot. I mean, I, the last time they played the Browns, they didn't have CJ, they didn't have Nico, they didn't have a bunch of their guys, and Flacco played out of his mind. Um, and Flacco's been known to do that, so he might very well do that again. But I think it's going to be a really, really good game on Saturday. Yeah, Joe Flacco's not the guy you want coming to town. That's the Grinch instead of Santa Claus, especially with how he's playing. Mm -hmm. But the Houston Texans can very easily win this game. And we talked to CJ Monday at the stadium at NRG, which is a beautiful stadium. Mm -hmm. And it's built to be loud, too. Like, that national championship was very, very loud. He does everything right. 
he had his own teammates' clothes on. Like, not like just the little decision, what am I going to wear? I'm going on this show. Stopping by to say what's up, just to be like, hey, we appreciate what you said for Like, everything he does is right. It feels like Everett, I believe, was the PR guy for the Texans. Every time we talk to him, everything the Texans are doing is right. Like, it feels like from a year ago where it was full dumpster fire, right? I mean, that was, yep. we're rolling through coaches. Obviously, everything's else taking place. The turnaround happened really, really quickly, very quickly for them. That's going to give everybody else hope. I don't think this is normal, though. This is not this is not how it's normally supposed to go, J.J. No, D'Amico Ryans is the catalyst for it all, and that's truly just the honest fact. And, and I was talking to their PR guys yesterday uh, about before the season when I was saying that I think they had a chance to do something special, and I said it comes down to truly one thing. D'Amico Ryan's being the head coach and my belief in him as a person and as a teacher and just somebody who knows ball, but also much more importantly, knows how to communicate to these players, knows how to get the best out of him. That's what he does. He is an incredible motivator. He's an incredibly smart, experienced coach, and he knows how to get that information into his players and to pull the best out of them. And he's done that. And now he's got a quarterback, like you said, who understands all the small things and little intricacies of how to handle the success, of how to handle the team, of how to bring his guys along with him. And like you said, every every step of the way, CJ's done it right. And I do think that D'Amico is the coach embodiment of that. Jack Easterby just left his holy water. That's right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of drinking it every day like he was doing when he was working there, on his way out, he said, I love this organization. And he just dumped his holy water yep. all, all over the whole building. Mm-hmm. And we'll go. And just like Sage, it just kind of. There was a turnaround at a very certain point. And, Whoa. I mean, there's, you know, coincidences yeah. aren't always coincidences. You know? Well, I'll Aaron just her. said yesterday. <laughs> That coincidences ne- never happen. They're not, they're not real, right? Some people will point to the- this show is just too much. I just can't take it. I can't. What were you saying? <laughs> what were you saying, JJ? Or you, you were just trying to say? I, I, I wasn't saying anything. Well, I, there's gonna be people I, that are saying you said something, and then I don't, I don't need to. Just be let on it be known. Didn't you hear me? New York Post. I don't need to be on the New York Times. I don't need to be on the late night shows. Check them into the boards. I'm just. I'm just here to wear yeah. stupid shirts and hang out for an hour every week. Oh, Rocket Power, stupid. Okay, now I know I never watch it. I'll wait for uh, Balls Con and, and I now dive in the whole thing. AJ has a question for you, JJ. Jeez. JJ, there's a lot of talk going on about like cold weather games coming up on Super Wild Card Weekend, obviously. Andy Reid doesn't seem to be too bothered, too upset by anything that's going to happen outside. Do you have any tricks on what you used to do, use like when it was cold? How do you, did you warm up shirtless, the whole intimidation situation, which I don't know how that works? But uh, what did you what did you think about when you got to play like in a truly really really cold game? Yeah, I mean, I uh, yeah, I don't understand the the whole shirtless warm up thing either. I, mean, I would do sleeveless from time to time, but not as a uh, not as an imit- intimidation factor. Like I don't know how much intimidation factor there is pregame in the National Football League. You know, it's you're going to go out there and you're going to play the game the way you play the game. I, don't know. I, used, to, I used to punt, but you remember, you used to tell me you could feel, I used to punt balls over teams Yep. as they were coming. I, remember, I intimidated you. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. The kicker thing where they, where they uh, kick like through the cheerleaders or where they kick while you're being introduced. That's always fun. I love that. Intimidating, that's right? You mean that's what you're talking about? Oh, super intimidating. Yeah. Nothing better than a 160 pound dude just bombing balls through the field goal post. That really scares the shit out of you as a player. All right, go back to your answer, please, about the cold. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, the cold is, I grew up in Wisconsin. So like, you know, playing in cold, playing in snow, things like that. I mean, 
now that I'm older and as I got older in my career, would I rather play in warm? Absolutely. It's just easier for your joints to get lubed up. It's easier for your body to get warmed up, to get ready to roll. Um, but there's also something to playing in those cold weather games, especially if you get a little snow on the ground. It's like old school football and it does click you into a little bit of a different mentality, uh, a little bit of like a, like a little warrior mindset, but you also do have to worry about the things like footing, like, you know, what type of cleats are you going to wear? We talked about that last week. All those things really come into effect. What type of gloves are you going to wear if you're a receiver? How's the quarterback going to handle the ball? All those types of things. But um, I tell you what, some of those hits, like you, you get a, you, like you hit your hand on somebody's helmet or you get like something happen, like those hurt a lot worse in the cold. That's just a pure fact. Yeah, that's why I try to never hit anybody. You know, I, I try my best to just not hit anybody. You guys, I don't know what you were thinking doing all that tackling Fools. in the freezing cold weather. Uh, you you smack your hand on somebody's helmet mm. in oh. the freezing cold weather, man. That that finger doesn't come back to you for about four or five plays. Hey, how come the thought is that defensive line is affected more than offensive line in the cold? Like, I would assume A.Q. Shipley here, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, grew up uh, near the airport in a town that had the only drive-in movie theater basically yeah. in town. And I think he enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I think he, so I think we've he heard. Did, I think he did enjoy that a lot. The drive-in movie theater is certainly something that is old school, just yeah. like you are. By hey, himself? No, yeah. never by himself, I don't think. I don't know. <laughs> Always with the Lord. I don't know. If, right. Maybe by himself. <laughs> maybe need a little space opportunities, some lotion. The, um, <laughs> so how come, how come? Okay, that's all drive-in movie theaters were. Hey, you olds, they used to do drive-in movie theaters. We get, we know. We know what you're doing. We know why. We know, we know what you were doing, Grandma. We haven't figured out, yeah, all that type of stuff. Anyways, offensive linemen feel like it's an advantage, don't you, whenever it's cold? Why is that? Well, because it typically brings running the football, and we live and die by wanting to run the football. It take, Especially whenever you get, like Buffalo's going to have this week, right? They're going to have 40-mile-an-hour wins. They're going to look at this and be like, oh, we can't call that pass play because the wind's going to affect the pass, so let's let's get to a run. Where you may not normally get to a run, now we get to more runs. JJ, do you do you agree with that assertion there, that that is why offensive linemen feel like it's an advantage? And is that something that affects you as a guy's trying to get to quarterback? Obviously not a lot of passing plays. What do you, you just- I mean, I would definitely agree that if the conditions are tough, it's you're generally going to lean a little bit heavier towards running the ball than you maybe normally would. And I do think that defensive linemen are just intrinsically programmed to want to rush the passer. So uh, you're going to sometimes, even when you know for sure it's going to be a run play, and like sometimes you can trick yourself and be like, ah, but they might be throwing it. Let me toss a pass rush move out. <laughs> Uh, which is not not the way that you should think, but it's just like the way we're wired. That's how our brains work. So, yes, I would say that's a little bit of an advantage, but I would also say from like a footing standpoint, if the ground is harder or if it is snowy or if it is a little sloppy, um, a defensive lineman does need to get into more you know, leverage positions. You need to get into more deeper shin angles. You need to get those cleats, the edges of the cleats into the ground, whereas an offensive lineman is a little bit more upright up and down they wear seven i mean they wear uh turf hogs instead of seven studs you know because they don't need that deep level traction to turn a corner they can kind of stay more underneath themselves which yes in the cold is harder to do sound like it's a great roundabout point. way to say offensive line big advantage in bad weather yeah mm-hmm. is that what you heard of? i mean that's like a great that's a great point year, though yeah i mean the super bowl that's a great point with the, with the turfs you know it, it when it's bad he's he's 100 right because we're taught to play on our insteps, right? So the full foot is in the ground. They're taught to play on, like, toes up, 
jet stance, get rolling, and they do have to be a little bit more cautious of that whenever whenever the, the footing's bad. Yeah, so then you only have, like, two spikes in the ground mm-hmm. as opposed to a potential full foot. That's just scientifically. Yeah. Like, for me, any any surface that I ever played on, if I couldn't turn the corner and bend and get on that edge, that's what what would ruin my day. Like, if it was either bad turf or it was hard grass because it was frozen or if it was wet or snowy and you couldn't you couldn't get that full – because my advantage was that I could get on that edge and I could bend more than anybody else could. So if you can't use that advantage, then it becomes much more difficult. Um, and the same thing also for like a bull rush or something. You need to have your footing to go forward through a guy. And if you slip out or anything slips from under you, that's why the Eagles pass rush, obviously in the Super Bowl, claimed to have so many issues because they couldn't get that footing. And as a pass rusher, it's extremely important. Well, Assad father said that yeah. didn't need to be a problem, but they right. kind of kept him out of the whole conversation. Mm-hmm. The guy's only been doing the field since the beginning of football pretty much. Mm-hmm. Let's football. make sure we get him the hell out of there. The Saad son probably gone, if I had to guess. Yeah, or Saad daughter yeah. probably gone. I wonder if they're going to let Saad father take another crack they should. at the grass. Because last, last year was supposed to be his swan song grass. Exactly. Mm-hmm. supposed to be a tribute to him by others that he has hired. Mm-hmm. And instead, he just got... Squished out pretty much. Legacy. His name got ruined. I mean, that Vegas grass took some heat last week on Twitter. That Vegas oh, grass uh, in the last game of the season did take some heat. Obviously, they're going to put in a full brand new for the Super Bowl. Um, but didn't, didn't look good. good on the. Is that a good thing, though, JJ? A lot of times they put that new field in, that's when we get the mushy, weird field. Yeah, I guess it depends on A, what you're replacing, and B, how good. I, I would imagine that they have so much time in between now and then that they can probably put it in right now. And it should have about a month. I mean, obviously, because they're not in the playoffs at the moment, so they can just put that in right now, Jeez. let it grow, let it hold on. Well, hey, it's just it. a fact. Uh, they need to uh, do, they need to hire AP. By the way, I don't know why there's even any question. I don't know why there's anything mm-hmm. like AP should absolutely be the coach down there. What what is there to compl- contemplate? Maybe Davis. Who would be mad? Have who would be mad if? Yeah, who would be mad if AP was the coach? Any fans? No. Any players? No. Media? No. Who would be upset if AP was a coach on it? Yeah, so you win the announcement, yep. which yeah. is normally where the big detractors are, and then you've already won games and shown signs mm-hmm. of hope, so that's already been done. Feels like a pretty easy decision. Speaking of... Players are fully bought in and vocally supportive. Like, every every step of the way has been checked. I don't really know what the downside to keeping him would be, especially when you've tried a few different coaches over the last couple of years and none of them worked out. Let's say this one doesn't work out. Everybody was on board. So, okay, like, I would rather try the guy that everybody is on board with and have that fail than try and do something crazy and have that fail. And then people be like, why didn't you just stick with the guy that we all wanted anyway? Yeah. Like, yep. yeah, well, there's a lot of. Uh, not that hard, man. A lot of bad decisions made at a lot of. Th- a lot of places. Every year. Yeah, and you talk about, like, the coaches that even win the announcement, by the way, they might go on to stink, too. Yeah. And then people will still feel as if they were right in the time. It's like uh, it never ends. It really never ends with judgment of this whole thing. And nobody knows until you get on the field. Like, McDaniel down in Miami. Mm-hmm. Did anybody other than us love everything about that hire? I don't know. There's probably some people, but I'm sure that was accosted pretty heavily. Yeah. This dude hasn't even been a coordinator, hasn't even called plays. And why is he talking like that? You know, like there's mm-hmm. a lot of Sirianni when it started in Philadelphia, yep. MCDC, whenever it started in Detroit, Cannon. it's like that hiring day. Yeah. You can lose the hiring day for sure. But if you win, that's the only thing that matters. 
and a lot of coaches lose. So why not give AP a shot over there? Give a shot. Yeah. Why not give AP a shot? Give or, a shot. Now and you're the Raiders. He is like the the he is like the embodiment uh-huh. of what they want to be as an organization and who they are. It's such a perfect fit and just the mentality and the way the fan bases respond to the Raiders have one of the best fan bases around and they respond very specifically to very specific types of people. And AP has embodied everything that they want to be about as an organization, as a fan base, the black hole, all that stuff. He seems to have captured all of that. Give that man the keys. Yeah, well, McDaniels was always like a Raiders guy. Josh? Oh, yeah, bleed (laughs) black and silver. You know, now that you just lay it out the way you just laid it out about the Raiders fans and everything, it was like McDaniels probably had a short – Oh, this better yeah. work. Yeah. Or we're gonna need to get this nerd out of here. And they <laughs> that is that is how that is how this is gonna be. And McDaniel's gonna have another job. Mm-hmm. We very much understand that. Has had great success. But whenever a team and a coach and their style of play and the fans and the city they represent all kind of come together, that's when he got magic. That's what's happening in Detroit. Yeah. That's what's happening Bingo. up in Detroit. Not every coach is meant to have every single job. Houston too. But if you met exactly with D'Amico. Not every place is going to be perfect, but if you find the right place, just like quarterbacks finding the right place, it's like, we can make some magic. Speaking of making some magic, so like in the WWE, mm-hmm. they have a very long history of having twins as a tag team, you see. So then you can run a little shenanigans. Mm-hmm. You run a little shenanigans. Like, oh, one twin, boom, knocked out, rolls out of the ring. Other twin slides that knocked out twin underneath ring. Twin that didn't get knocked out starts acting. Oh, mm-hmm. that was me. Get back in the ring. All of a sudden, I don't have any effects. Nope. Yeah. That's not me. That was somebody else. JJ, you don't think that is something that has happened mm-hmm. in WWE for a long time. You have the opportunity to potentially do that. Oh, Here man. we go. Tone has a question for you, JJ. We Pat kind of started the conversation with this, and you just steered the conversation in a completely different way. You didn't answer if you're going to be there Sunday <laughs> as a twin in the old number 90 jersey. And playing against Josh Allen in 50-mile-an-hour wins, is Josh Allen just going to run the ball 40 times, and how do you stop that? Also, how is TJ doing? And um, do sacks, like, are sacks not a stat anymore? It feels like sacks don't matter anymore because he's got four and a half more sacks than anyone else in the league, and there's been a couple AP announcements, or not AP announcements, all pro announcements, and uh, he's not on any of the teams, so sacks must not count, right? Uh First of all, I'm sitting here in my house in Arizona uh, at the moment, so it would be very difficult for me to uh, know a playbook by Sunday. I mean, not that long. It's not a playbook. Thursday. Josh Allen, get Josh Allen. That's a playbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I don't, I don't want. Come on, Rock for Brains. Uh, you got seven businesses you're currently running. Wait, I can't learn a playbook at pass rush outside linebacker by Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday? Besides, besides punting the ball, I do have the easiest job on the field. Literally, just go get the quarterback. So yeah, it's it is pretty easy. Um, playbook check. But, okay. <laughs> Any other brain busters? Booked a flight. DJ's doing good. He's doing good. We're obviously he's very happy with the uh, with not having something much more serious. Catching that friendly fire could have been really bad. Um, so only only a couple week thing, hopefully. Um, but uh, I, he's devastated to be missing this game. Of course, I mean with the season that he had and with the playoffs and getting in and the team that they have and the guys, he's he's definitely uh, disappointed and devastated by not being able to be out there. But 
He's looking forward to he he's looking forward to seeing Marcus Golden and Nick Herbig as well. I mean, those are two guys that are really good replacements for him and really looking forward to seeing them. I was a teammate with Marcus Golden down here in Arizona. Literally one of the favorite teammates I've ever had in my life. His nickname is Junk. Everybody calls him Junk because his I think it was his middle school or his high school coach said this guy just plays like a junkyard dog. He just goes out there and he's like a junkyard dog. And so, and it's true. Like he's just the best, greatest teammate. Um, I love him. And then Herbig, a young guy from Wisconsin who has talk about bending corners, unbelievable bend. He can really get around a corner. He's got great pass, great pass rush moves. TJ has been working with him a whole lot. So really excited to see him get uh, an extended role in this game as well. Between those two guys, they'll be just fine. Okay, so we'll let you continue about TJ Walkett and snubbed and everything like that. I'm sure you have certain thoughts about it, but like TJ doesn't really have to miss this game. That's true. He He can be represented. Mm -hmm. Stats can go to him. Right? Think they think if, think, think they would let me wear number ninety? Uh yeah, and then mm-hmm. they'd build a statue. How would that work? Like, could we like get a uh, could we get like a waiver to be like he can wear the same number just because it's already got the name on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that could be figured out. I don't think the refs are going to have a problem with it because there's only one ninety on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. Go zero nine zero. Still ninety, but that'd be pretty awesome. I mean, that would be what a story. Like, talk about script writing. Yeah. That would be that'd be pretty cool. Steelers, extremely historic, legendary organization. Brothers, the, I mean, the sad part would be that we wouldn't be on the field together. That would be but you are. the ideal. But, but you kind of are. Here, you could put Derek in 99, put Derek in 99, have him line up over the center. Yeah, there's there's ways we could do this, JJ. And you're in shape. Yeah. Great shape. Still doing the legs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Still doing Going to have to rotate that front, right? Yeah. Because of mm-hmm. uh, 40 yeah. mile an hour winds and everything yeah. like that. JJ, this is a chance. This is an opportunity. We're just going to pass it by? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can be the hero. Man, because did you see no, the I mean, mock-up that you tweeted of yourself yeah. wearing that jersey? Oh, baby. Look like TJ. Oh, my. <laughs> you did look like TJ. Look just like TJ. But also, you look like yourself. Yeah, yeah. it was weird. It was weird. Crazy. It's just crazy, guys. It is crazy. So. Crazy. I mean. You're saying I'm, there's a I'm, chance? I, I don't know. I don't know. See you Sunday? I don't know what you're looking for. I don't know where we want this bit to go or how we want a it to A bit? Happen, but, uh, <laughs> Why does everybody think everything's a bit? This ain't a bit. Give this us is an reality. Answer. We're trying to make it fantastic. You're the I mean, no. I, 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 yeah, it's uh, – I love it. I mean, between – like I've always said, you know, there this whole season long, there were only two places that would ever be possibilities if anything ever happened. And it was Something it was happened. always Pittsburgh with TJ or Houston with everything there. And, just they—they're they're doing all right. Both of them are doing just fine without me. So I'm excited. I love being a fan. I love watching. I can't wait to see what happens in the playoffs. Yesterday, though, whenever you put that tweet out of you looking perfect in the uh, black and yellow, black and gold, and everything, you look tough. Did you go outside to the gym or to a yard to turn on? This is twenty percent. <laughs> Did you? I'm in great shape. I, I'm not worried about the shape at all. I'm, in, I'm, I'm more than ready. Look at you, dude. Then, look how good you, you look. That? Oh, did you do that mock-up? <laughs> no, I went outside to put all no, the stuff on, took D, a photo. I give credit to uh, D Texans. He's he's a guy that's done edits uh, all all throughout my Houston career. He's a great guy. He did that, whipped that up in about 24 hours. Great man. Way to go, D Texans. Boy, I know you're a big visualization guy. You don't even have to make it up in your head. You just do it right here. Mm-hmm. Look at this. It's fantastic. Didn't really give a yes or a no there at the end, and that's perfect. You know, we're not. We'll let Schefter try to get 
to the bottom of the entire thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shall we not? He will. He yeah. always does. He absolutely will. I saw him say that even Jay, you could maybe even break your own news, but he'll find a way to break it. Yeah, yeah. easy. He will find a way always to get does. there before you. Go ahead, Con Man. Yeah, uh, JJ, since you've been saying a lot of stuff that you said earlier in the season, especially about the Texans, I believe you also said earlier in the season that you think the Titans should fire Mike Vrabel because he's a bad coach. And <laughs> I, that's just how I remember it. I'm not sure how everyone else does, but obviously Mike Vrabel gets let go and – Pretty clear at this point, if if Bill Belichick leaves, he'll probably end up in New England. But did you expect that to happen? Did you also kind of were surprised by the fact that they didn't trade Mike Vrabel instead of just cutting bait with him? And uh, what do you think he's going to do? And how pissed off do you think that he is that he got fired? I'm definitely surprised. I mean, I think I think most people are surprised. Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel is a very good football coach. He's an extremely knowledgeable guy. He uh, obviously played in the league for a long time. He knows how to relate to his guys. He knows how to get the most out of his guys. Uh, yes, the last probably year and a half, two years, their record and everything probably wasn't as good as uh, they want it to be, and it's understandable. But Mike Vrabel is a very good coach, and I think you have to look at a situation like that, and you say, okay, if you're going to fire him, who are you bringing in that you think right now is a truly better coach than Mike Rabel? And that's a tough, that's a tough barrier to reach. Um, in terms of, I, I, A, first of all, as a Houston fan, and obviously TJ playing for the Steelers, much appreciated on the way out the door, winning that mm-hmm. game against the Jaguars, getting both of those guys in and getting the Texans in the AFC South Championship. Um, but it's wild, man. It is wild. Do I think that he's... Do I, you ask, do I think that he's happy? I think you asked if, he was, if I think he's happy about it. I mean, there, obviously, if something wasn't working out, whether it was, you know, communication, whether it was visions, whatever it may be, or maybe it was just purely they wanted to go a different direction. Um, being a free agent and him having the ability to choose exactly what he wants to do next, where he wants to go, as opposed to the trade route, having to wait, having to figure out compensation. Too hard. I do understand, like, wow. That that does get messy, and it for him it is definitely better that it's just he's a free agent right now. Certainly better, definitely better. Let alone the Wink Martindale situation going on in New York, where allegedly he just walked into Dayball's office, told him he thinks he's a big fat dumb stooge who can't coach football and he doesn't want to be here. Why don't you fire me? Why don't you fire? Just fire me. Go ahead, do it. You won't do it. Obviously, you won't. You're such a bad coach. You won't fire me. Allegedly. Now, these are all not real things that were actually said. We are just giving our take mm-hmm. on what could have potentially happened as reports have You certain- can't do that. You can only say real things. You can only say real things. Yeah, that's what everybody else does. <laughs> what? How? how uh, we've, we've talked about these types of things before. How serious is that reporter up there? Like, are we, are we 70% confident? Because that's a... That's an exciting story. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. It's just, I love picturing an exit interview. All the exit interviews I've ever been in are like the most cordial, like little, like, all right, we'll see you later. I would love to see an exit interview just go completely sideways. You suck. <laughs> I hate my life working for you. You see John Harbaugh? He was on the sidelines and with Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. He's won the national championship there on one seed. I met Jack Harbaugh. He won an FCS national championship. Those are real coaches to coach for. I wish I was still there. Here, I'm with you. It sucks. Remember you said... <laughs> Have you had a bad exit interview? Ah, uh, no. No, I didn't yeah, meet like with... They're the most like benign things ever. Well, normally I would have an okay year, you know? So then it was just like, hey, we'll see you in the offseason. You got it. When I went in for... Because when I went in... When my contract was up, changeover of... 
power. Yeah. So there was no real. Uh, that could have been one. I guess it would have been awkward. But other than that, just keep it moving. How you doing? But that whole thought of if they fire him, he can go coach the Eagles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he resigns, he can't coach the Eagles. And he doesn't get the $3 million, I think, that he's owed next year to be on contract. So who's playing chess? Who's trying to move mm-hmm. on? We don't know. But Mike Vrabel, you know, a trade takes too long. That's what Amy Strunk said, the owner of the Tennessee Titans, who is also the one who owns the rights to the Houston Oilers uniforms. Here's Amy Strunk talking about, you know, everybody thinks Shays is a straight coach on the firing of Mike Frabel. There's been discussion in a lot of different circles about the possibility of trading the head coach. Was consideration given to trading Mike Frabel? Well, yes, there was, but there's a bit of misconception Mm -hmm. about a coach's contract say, versus a player's contract. A coach's contract, you can't trade them unless they're a willing partner to that trade. So, yes, we thought about it, but at the end of the day, with league rules the way they are, it would have maybe put us back three weeks. And, you know, honestly, to to get the right head coach, I was just not willing to to go to the back of the line and Mm -hmm. take a chance of missing out on someone we, we really wanted. Okay. Amy says she ain't going back along. No way. That ain't what the Houston Oilers do. No, 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 never. That is not what the Tennessee Titans do. So they decide to fire him. Now, there was also a comment made by her about alignment and everything. And then it came out the other day about Vrabel not necessarily being on board with the Rand hire whenever it happened. He wanted somebody else. I assume they were told Rand that at some point. So it feels like this was a train crash that was coming inevitably. But now... Vrabes is a guy that could just go coach anywhere he wants. Now, if we didn't have Shane Steichen, I would be like, Jim Irsay, take the plane and guitar. Sure. Four packs of Zinn. Yep. Maybe three logs of Coke. Right. 14 vapes, Marlboro right. Reds. Right. And might as well get some whiskeys. Right. Some bears. Right. And you go try to win over this Ohio guy to come bring his culture to Indianapolis. We got Shane Sykin. I'm happy about that. But there's going to be a lot of places that want to do that. So when you hear the owner speak in that particular fashion, how does it make you feel? And what do you think Vrabel does next? Do you think he takes it <clears throat> off? Do you think he goes and coaches? Do you think he is incredibly pumped when he walked in there, potentially like Wink Martindale? Yeah. And then she was like, you're fired. He was like, oh, oh awesome. What? Hmm. What? Sure. Dang it. Bummer. Come on. It's even so much promise. Darn. Darn. Do I get to clean out my... Yeah. yeah. Thank you. All right. Lord. Can I keep the cowboy hat? Did he get fired? Oh. oh. Could you imagine him in his office after he got fired? Just ripping six. Whoever moving in. Yeah. Whoops. Didn't need new carpets. That's wild, dude. It's a wild scene. It really is because how everybody else but them, I think, think that he's the right guy uh, to hire. And there's six openings right now Whoa. if you count the AP. Could be seven if Bill Belichick and the uh, Patriots decide to move along. But Connor's already got him up in New England. Yeah, it's done. I mean, like, I understand there are six other openings, possibly seven. And Mike Reese, like we said yesterday, did you know say that it was a Hail Mary attempt, basically, if Bill is going to stay at this point. But Foxy has it. Might as well run it, Foxy. This is what Vrabel said this year in New England. Wait. Come on, we got a game to win. I can't be up here at all. We. This guy's still the head coach of a different team. We. 
I want to thank the fans. I, I, I haven't been back as much as I should since 2009, but I want to thank the fans. I want to thank the fans that made coming and playing in this stadium unbelievably special. No problem, When Mike. we traveled, you were there. When we were here, you were there. I can imagine how you screamed and yelled at the night games on third down and when you threw the snow and, and every memory that comes back right now. So I want to thank you, fans, okay, for the opportunity to stand here today in front of you. Also in front of my teammates, I want to thank them. I want to recognize Logan Makins, Bill Parcells, Dante Scarnecchia, who, who was one of the toughest assistant coaches I've ever been a part of in 25 years of the National Football League. Go. But I also want you not to take this organization for granted. I've been a lot of places. This is a special place with great leadership, great fans, great direction, great coaching. What? Enjoy it. It's not like this everywhere. Thank you very much. That was when he went into the Patriots Hall of Fame, and Connor and a lot of the Patriots fans that are looking forward to a potential Vray Boyera have just been bopping to that for the last 24 hours. Yeah, how did you know? I've been bricked up for a while. I had to call a doctor like to tell you in the Viagra commercials. But, I mean, we, we, it's not like he's played in a bunch of trash you know, cities either. Or he, coached. Or, or coached. for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's played in Pittsburgh, clearly. You know, it's not the same in Pittsburgh like, like it is in New England, Kansas City. He, he's played there as well. There are a lot of places. That just don't match up to what New England brings. And we were talking about it before the show. You know, what has Bill Belichick done for the last 25 years? He's always thought about the team's future. He's always, you know, picked guys for the future. Jimmy G, it, it caused a riff. Caused a little tizzy, if you will, within the organization with the Jimmy G hiring. But what was he doing? He's thinking about the future. And who would we be? Who would Bob Kraft be if he didn't think about the future? And Bill, yeah, he's going to break the all-time wins record. He is the greatest coach and GM of all time. But he's got, you know, five, ten, if we're being hopeful, years left in the NFL. Mike Vrabel's got 25, bought 30, 40 years left in the NFL. So why wouldn't we consider that when – Talking about the future of you know the greatest franchise in the league, especially when you are on the cusp of getting a quarterback that will be your quarterback for the next twenty years that Mike Vrabel could pick. Now, if it's announced that Bill Belichick's coming back, you're going to be pumped. I'm going to be just as bricked up as I am right now. But if Vrabes is the replacement and Robert Kraft was playing close Sicilian mm-hmm. in tampering, yeah. You know, Oh, yeah. yeah, he was. Oh, my. Let's put the guy in the Hall of Fame. Starting a bye week, that'll be no problem. By the Let's way. get him back in front of these crowds. Let's get him back in here. Let's do a little nostalgia. Night before, watch a video. Got some uh, Arnecchia yeah, here. Yeah. Got some people here. That's a wild way to go. Would he look. wear the red jacket yeah. on the sidelines? He can wear whatever the hell he wants. He sh- I mean, the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's he sick. Patriots Hall of Fame jacket. It's just, yeah, it's me. Right it's there. Me. That's my name. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That could happen. Steelers get a win over the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I know, too low. We'll never go to Houston. Unless it goes to the you never know. AFC Champions. You could be playing. That could be a situation, you know, that you yeah. find yourself in. Exactly. Yeah. Pointing up. <laughs> okay, JJ. But the whole frame situation, fascinating. The coaching thing. What makes a good coach, you think? You, you talked about D'Amico and being able to get his yeah. message across. Why do you think some coaches just can't do it? Like the... Bill Belichick tree, mm-hmm. pretty much, seemingly. Yeah, and why do you think some people have it? And how many great coaches are there at any given time in the NFL at head pick? Uh, I mean, to be a to be a truly great coach, you have to have a culmination of multiple different things. There's a lot of coaches out there that are good at one thing, good at another. Maybe they're really, really smart. 
when it comes to X's and O's, but they can't relate to the players. Maybe there's guys that have great charisma and are unbelievable with the players and speaking of the guys, but they're just not quite as smart when it comes to game planning or getting a team ready for a certain week. Or maybe a coach isn't good at in-game adjustments or making game management decisions. Special coaches bring all of that together. They have a brilliant, deep knowledge of the game. They understand it at a level that they players clearly see it, they understand it, and you know when you're going into their meetings, this guy is going to teach me something. I'm going to be better because of what this guy is teaching me. Then the coach has to have the ability, the personality, and the charisma to get that information to the players and to pull the greatness out of them because he can take that knowledge and give it to them in a relatable manner where they can take it onto the field and execute it. And then he's got to be a motivator. At the end of the day, when two teams are matched up and it's a 50-50 matchup, he's got to be able to be the one to take his team, motivate them, and elevate them to play at a higher level than they themselves even knew they could play at. So all of those things have to come together, and it's extremely difficult because, as you know, you've been around plenty of coaches. Some guys really smart, some guys really charismatic, rarely both. How many you think in a league at any given moment, like in the NFL? You think there's like 15 great coaches? 10 great coaches? I mean, 15 is too many. No, I don't think there's, I don't think there's 15. Um, and I, sorry, I'm going to leave one more now. Another thing great coaches have is the ability to identify and enhance their coaching staffs. Like they need to have good people around them, and they need to also give those guys the responsibilities and let them do what they need to do and let them show their skills as opposed to micromanaging and trying to be the one person that handles it all. A great coach is so confident that he lets his assistant coaches be great as well. How about the NFL last year was paying $800 million mm-hmm. in fired Sheesh. coaching contracts. Mm-hmm. And then he, JJ said, there isn't 15. There's 32 teams in the NFL. 14 playoffs. There, there isn't, yeah, there isn't 15 <laughs> yeah. great coaches in the NFL. It's a hard thing, but I think. And every- assistant coaches too. Like think of, like I always think about the, like whether it's, you know, strength staff, whether it's, you know, we always assume NFL greatest possible, absolute best level, highest level. You're always definitely going to have the best coaches. You're going to have the best situation. You're going to be put in the best possible situation. That's that's not always true. Not- There's a lot of really really good ones. Tons of great coaches, uh, really really good people, really good training staffs, really good strength coaches. A lot of really good ones out there, but there are also some that are just literally not good. Uh, in It's like we talked about earlier with quarterbacks or young guys being put in a situation to succeed. Not every single organization, coaching staff, is set up for everybody to succeed. It's just that I've been, you know, there's times where you're sitting in a meeting and a guy's telling you something. You're like, (laughs) you're you're wrong. You're you're not (laughs) correct. And like young guys, like when you're older, you know, when you just go out and you do what the thing you know is right. But there's young guys that are impressionable that are young that are trying to learn that they don't know any better and now they think that is how you are supposed to do it and it is just completely and entirely wrong and that's sad and unfortunate well then think about that to another step because if you don't listen then you're not coachable then you're a distraction Mm -hmm. and it's like then it can all kind of pile on each other and then all it takes is a little bit of courage to ask an older player and be like Hey, they're telling me to do this, but there's no way this is what I'm supposed to do. And an older player go, yeah, you just do it right. You make a play, you're good, pretty much. That is what yeah. happens. But the coaches are just trying to save their ass usually, those ones that aren't good. So they're just trying to blame another position group is the reason why we are sucking or we are losing or whatever. Um, and it's a wild scene in there. But to your point about less than 15 great head coaches, 
We got to stop overreacting oh. to every head coach and hire. Yeah. Yes. Because every oh, single absolutely. one of them could be fantastic mm-hmm. or abysmal. It's like the draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. the draft. But everybody wants to win the announcement, which I think is what JJ's making about Antonio Pierce. It's like that's really the only hurdle other than whether or not they win or lose. If you win the announcement, you're in a much better spot. But also, if it loses, it's going to be expensive, and you're going to have to do it all over again. Tough to find the right guy. Tough to find the right guy. Like in Carolina. When they hired Frank Reich, they, it was Caldwell, Frank Reich. They brought in McCown. Like the situation Genius. from the outside was like, okay, they're going to draft a rookie quarterback. Dalton's going to be his backup. There's going to be all this mm-hmm. you know, quarterback knowledge within the building. And obviously, they went 1-11, and everybody got fired. Steph Curry of football. Steph Curry yeah. of football is coming in. They trade up. So on that note, D-Butt's got a question Yeah, for we you. got six, maybe seven going to be new hires coming up. Uh, I was, think only one of them, Justin Hurd. Herbert out in L.A. would be the only one that you could point to and say, hey, that's a franchise quarterback. Uh, in your opinion, what's that? I mean, Zappi, you know, he's got the monster. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, uh, J.J., your opinion, what's the best uh, vacancy available right now? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, I see a lot of people pointing to Washington as a, as a great destination. Obviously, new ownership and things that they're going to do there. I mean, the reality is you still got to find exactly what you're going to do at the quarterback position. I think Justin Herbert out there, in, in, with the Chargers certainly does seem to be uh, a, a talent that has the ability to do great things for you. I mean, you're also living in L.A., and there's a lot of, a lot of things there. Um, hmm. I don't know, man. That's tough. That's a very tough decision. I, I, would, say, I would say it's probably got to be between those two, but I would say if I was a coach picking, I mean, Chargers is probably a, a, a good situation there. I think we talk about coaches switching and all these things and the things that are required for success. One of the things that I saw today, obviously, is that the Bears are going to keep Matt Eberflus and they're going to change, I believe they're changing their offensive and defensive coordinators. Think about that for a young guy in Justin Fields or obviously if they bring in somebody new in Caleb Williams. Justin Fields had different offensive coordinators, have different different systems. Let's say he is the quarterback next year. He's going to have to learn a brand new system, learn a new coach, get to know each other. Like there is also that aspect of things that is very tough in the NFL, where if you are constantly changing things, especially at the quarterback position, that is very tough on guys, and it's very hard to judge guys because of that. A lot of people say the success that they had was because of the consistency that they were able to experience. Mm-hmm. But if you don't get it right and you remain consistent with somebody, it's wrong. That's not good. Mm. But if you get it wrong and then you move on from them, inconsistency is not good either. Sucks for Justin Fields, but I think the right play was made in the end, keeping Eberflus. Because at the end of that season, they looked vastly different. It's almost like they bought in, right? It's almost like whenever they brought Sweat in, you get a couple players, they buy into the Eberflus thing. Hopefully he'll be able to find the right offense that Justin Fields just adapts to very well. Which one of these guys do you think we see coach again? You know what I mean? Obviously we'll see Vrabel be a head coach next year. For sure. If he wants to is what we think. The guy next to him will... The guy next to him will be with Vrabel as his OC. Yeah, there's yep. a chance that he's going up to New England if Vrabel goes up there because the success that he had as an offense coordinator yep. was when in Tennessee mm-hmm. under Vrabel, and they still are very close. Yeah, not to mention Derrick Henry's a free agent, so he might be coming up too. And he just gave an incredible press conference they where did. he listed off every single person pretty much in the building that has helped him. King Henry, you're good. Yeah, you represent the NFL perfectly, pal. Mm-hmm. We're very lucky to have had yep. you in the league. I can't wait to see what you do next. Now, there was a couple times the AFC South you needed to Freaking yep. relax. Mm-hmm. Forgot which hour we were in there. Close. Yeah. Josh yes. McDaniels would definitely be OC. You think so? Yeah. I think he, I think he's a good OC. Uh, and part of JJ's answer was saying, hey, some guys are good with X and O's. Mm-hmm. Other guys are good with teams and building the culture. Doing. 
I think he's had two opportunities to be a head coach. We've seen how it went. But when it comes to the X's and O's, now can he do it without Tom Brady is a question. But I think he'll have another shot. What about that top row? I think he's done. I like the whole time. Everybody, I guess. The guys that have played. I'm very curious in your thoughts on this because I have a certain opinion on this. I think it's very rare that a coach can be great while also being the main coordinator on offense or defense. Like I personally believe that a head coach who is just the head coach and has his own offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, not a sham one where it's like we have a D coordinator, but I'm actually calling the plays. Like a true head coach, CEO type who runs the organization, lets his coaches do their thing and inputs when necessary. In my personal opinion, that's the actual best situation. Is D'Amico calling plays down there? Is D'Amico calling plays down there? That was the. I think D'Amico has some input, but I I believe Matt Burke does call the plays. I mean, I could I could be wrong about that, but I do believe. But I like I said, there are certain very small ones where it does work. Shanahan's obviously done it extremely well up there. I think there's guys that do it well. I believe Andy Reid calls the plays in Kansas City. Bruce Arian, but Mike McDaniel. But I like it when the guy's like a CEO and he runs the organization because there's just so much you have to know and do. So what you're saying is. Bill Belichick was able to be the GM and the head coach <laughs> in New England and have great success. Others have tried it and have not no. had great success. That's a tough thing to do. To be a head coach and be a coordinator, that isn't just the easiest thing. Is that probably why Doug Peterson relieved the – Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Because yeah. he was calling plays last year for them, I think, to set the standard and tone in his first year with Trevor Lawrence. And then this year he gave it up. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, what are you doing? It's probably because of what you're trying to say. Now, towards the end, I assume – there's going to be a lot of question marks for, about everything. I think for quarterbacks, though, and we the most of the guys we mentioned were offensive, I think for quarterbacks, if you have that consistency, especially if you're developing like an Andy Reid, who obviously had Eric Bieniemy, but you see it's a difference there now as well. If you have that consistency with a quarterback, because Bobby Slowick probably going to be gone soon, Ben Johnson will be out of there. So these offensive coordinators, they have success, and they're out of there as soon as they do. So uh, I think for on the offensive side of the ball, oh, probably get a better Shane shot. Steichen's doing it right now. Yeah, big, big Mike McCarthy. Sean McDermott. LaFleur, How long is it sustainable, too? And, and the amount of work. You know, the amount of work. JJ, it's ending on ESPN. Anything to say to the people? Five seconds. We made it through a whole show without doing anything crazy. Hopefully we get to come back next week. All right. I don't necessarily love the final <laughs> angle of the message. I don't necessarily love it. It's been a wild few days. Self-inflicted. Hey, listen, self-inflicted, that's the way it goes. We gave a lot of people a lot of stuff, JJ. You know what I mean? Just hand it over. It's been phenomenal content. For me, being this, uh, being on Wednesdays and not really being a part of it all, just being a spectator, really enjoying it. Really, really enjoying it. Hey, are you thinking about, you know, the people you know in that entire thing, how how it's going for them as humans? You know, of, of, uh, um, No, no, I'm not. I'm clearly <laughs> thinking of the content and the entertainment and the appreciation for the um and i also will say i just have a lot of uh i know that you'll figure it out that's just i just know that you're gonna figure it out i don't know thank you that means a lot Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of dot in that particular part over the last 12 hours but i feel you know i feel like what we did all year Mm -hmm. should give us some credibility you know Mm -hmm. I i think so and i think we live in a time where once we earn, I think, you know, some people's trust, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not saying at ESPN, I'm talking about like, you know, the viewers. Yeah. Not, not only viewers, but like the reaction 
business, mm-hmm. like the business around it, pretty sure. much. Okay. Like as we continue to go, I think it will change. Mm-hmm. This is just part of it. Yeah. You know, Phil Mickelson was talking about it earlier. He was like, uh, anytime you're disrupting some things, there's certainly going to be some backlash. I was ready for it. I was braced for it. And he has his own coffee that he takes every morning. He probably has some callus builder for his damn shins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because sure. his big ass calves are on the backside, mm-hmm. but his front shins, they were taking quite a bah, 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 bah at the beginning. Now he's feeling almost vindicated in that whole thing. I'm not saying ours is anything like that, but boy. He opened my eyes a little bit. We just need to be patient. Yeah, but you're like inconsistent. I'm, I'm not gonna touch Tuesdays. Tuesdays, that's its own thing. You gotta deal with that on its own. But like the other stuff that you said, like what you said on Friday, (laughs) that's a big one. I'll leave that. That's that's its own category. You want to jump in? You don't want to comment on any of that? No, no. Ask him again. Ask him again. I know what I know, and I know what I don't know, and I don't know a lot. Buddy. Need to know that type of stuff. Yeah. If you're ever at my job, but like that's what with, I'm learning. With Friday, like with the, with what you did on Friday, like I know that you're not going to say any of that without being certain of it, like because you're not an idiot. So like you're not going to go ahead and put that out there if you're not 100 percent confident in that, and if you're not truly, you don't truly know that that's what's going on, and that's also what makes the show great and what makes people gravitate because you're going to come out and say that as opposed to just towing the line and doing what you're supposed to do and keeping your mouth shut. And you have built that because you know that if you say it, you're, you have the knowledge and the ability to do that and that you are willing to accept what comes with that because in your mind, you know, you're right about it. So I also I think that's that. why you're still here because the people that make those decisions are like, well, I mean, I think he might be a little bit right. So, so we, we, what are we going to do? We're going to yeah. punish him for saying yeah. the thing that is yeah, true? Yeah, I'll tell you what. I've kind of been this dude my whole life uh, in many different situations. And every time I do it, I always go, huh, why? I didn't, you know, that's what I always say immediately after. We're talking about going back to fifth grade doing this type of stuff. Like throughout my entire life, just being like, nah, that ain't how this works. That ain't going to be how it goes. And then boom. And then all of a sudden, immediately afterwards, it's like, fuck, here we go again. Here's the, here we go again, you know? But I will say what happened on uh, Friday. I got a lot of messages from a lot of people that I could have never expected that send me, uh, they were very positive message. And uh, that was good. That was cool. Because going down to the national championship, I thought we were potentially walking into a yeah, uh, hornet's nest. Oh, my God. Yeah, because yeah, we're out here in Indy, so we're not in the building. You know, we hear, we hear about what happens in the building because we have people in that building. And things that are said about us and the way things go, and especially with how it all started. So I got my ears up. But then once you start doing some stooping around, you start like, wait a minute. That ain't right. And then we're in Indianapolis, so it's just like an easy send it. But then whenever you go to a city where the entire network is there. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. You probably shouldn't have done it on Friday, by the way. <laughs> oh, but you're also like, you have to think about it. Like you've you've also built up, a, you're fortunate network. enough to have built up a fan base to built up a show and a and a audience who gives you the ability to be like okay if you if they do say you're done yeah i'm gonna be fine like and that has a power to it the ability to walk away and be perfectly wow. fine or the ability to get canned and be perfectly fine and and know that you're going to move on to something else and continue to have success that holds a lot of power that also gives you the ability to say the things that you said, whereas other people sometimes are a little worried to because they know if they lose that job or if they lose that opportunity, they are going to be in a tough spot. And 
Yes, that is a form of privilege, I suppose, but it is something that you've built with your audience yeah. and with your fan base. Earned. Yeah, I wasn't, um, you know, we worked our asses off for this entire thing. That's why, like, um, and I'm assuming a lot of others are going to be able to do exactly what we did going forward. I've heard that from a lot of people. There's a lot of us in, like, every single sport and everything like that. So whenever, like, it was just getting torn down pretty much, that's why I got so mad. I'm like, hey, man. I've gone through a lot of weeks with like four hours of sleep, you know, trying to do the best shit possible to help out. Not only our family at this point in the Thunderdome and in our office, but also like the people that ride with us every single day. You know, we feel obligated to show up for them. We feel obligated to do a lot of stuff. And we like to be associated with like positive happiness, mental vacation and stuff like that. So whenever there's like potential people trying to just ruin it by saying things that aren't true, they think is true, but it's just like not true to take us down. I feel like you're taking a shot at everybody. Like not just me, like we got newborns, okay? We got literal yeah. Brand newborns in this building. We got brand new houses being built and purchased and families growing and developing. We've been at this for a long time. So whenever people are trying to like kill it, I'm like, hey, fuck you. Like that is, that is, this has been earned here. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it is a nice sense of relief to know that at any given moment, if we were to go back to being independent, we'd be a-okay, both with where we are right now business-wise, financial-wise, but also what we could, we haven't even gone on tour yet. We haven't even started doing like live shows, ticketed in theaters and stuff like that. Like we're going to be okay, but like we had a goal and it was, we all grew up watching ESPN. We all massive fans mm -hmm. of ESPN. Now ESPN has obviously been a phenomenal contributor to sport for a very long time, but a lot of it became the same exact style of thing all the time and that's what sports became so like us getting the opportunity to go to espn to a network that we watched and a network that hopefully will carry on for another hundred years because of how important it is to the history like a lot of pride in that going to espn like i thought it was a big deal when espn was interested in our show we took it as a massive honor because of how we saw espn when we were growing up so for it to potentially get derailed and offset, it's like, that's a bummer because that's really why we came here. And everybody's thinking like, well, he's trying to get fired or whatever. It's like, no way. Like we're trying to, we're hoping that sports can only get bigger and sports fandom can get better. They're bigger because more people need sports. More people need to get invested in something that, you know, can display inspiration and maybe a, a little bit of community and a sense of feel and happiness and joy, but also pain and sadness. It's like in a, in an avenue to talk to people that aren't exactly the same as you. Like sports need to continue forever. Like sports need to be a joyful thing. So like we missed Mark, obviously we've been part of a lot of bullshit the last week and a half and a couple of years ago during the whole yeah. Mm -hmm. That one was global. Yeah. No no one else is putting anything out, but yep. It was two weeks. Nobody was live except for us in WWE. We're every day. Obviously, there are twice a week. But nonetheless, we've worked our dicks off. We want to make sports better. We want sports to last forever. And the people that did the deal with us at ESPN, okay, they're wanting the same thing. And we've given people a lot of ammo to attack both of us. So we're not going to do that anymore. Let's go sports. Let's go. But nobody watches. Nobody watches anyway, from what I heard. I heard nobody watches, so it doesn't matter what you say.
Yeah, we got terrible ratings. Nobody watches, but we're giving too big of a platform yeah. to somebody. It's a, so they're contradicting themselves while they're attacking. But I do know nobody watches another show that's pretty mouthy about us because they actually say things that you can't, like the hosts say, things that you can't say. Well, yeah, and uh, nobody even knows. You know why? Because nobody watches the show. Mm -hmm. So that is like, true. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. We've experienced that over the last few weeks as well. Mm -hmm. I'm proud. Hey, of this. community colleges in Arizona State have been caught in the fire. I just want to say <laughs> they have caught like strays. Like, don't don't need to catch strays. Community colleges. Hey, you're out there. You're trying. You're doing something. You're going. You're going to school. You're trying to get an education. Respect community colleges. Arizona State. I believe they're building a medical school, medical school right now, straight down the road from me. Bye -bye, Arizona State. Arizona State. Right. Good school. Well, let's let's not. Let's not catch strays in in the wildfire here. Yeah, you're right. Great. It was a fire, wildfire. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was a wildfire. A lot of fire, a lot of bullets being fired. And we don't enjoy any of them. Let's just have a good time and do sports together. And that's why we appreciate yeah, Rocket Power coming on and joining us. Yeah. Speaking of being together, yeah. is Burnley still together with the big league, or is it now together with the smaller league? They're done. Yeah. Not yet. Guys, 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 guys. Okay, just because you got a shit storm going on over there doesn't mean that we need to just shit storm it up on my end also. We got a massive match on Friday against Luton Town, also in the bottom must three. Must win, absolutely must win. It's going to be a very lives. large game on the turf at home. Huge. When is it? Friday. When is it? Friday. We, we it's on USA Network. It's on what? the USA Network. What time? Let me double check to make sure. We should go. Huge game. I'm, I'm fairly certain it's at, uh, yeah, it's 12.45 my time, so that is 2.45 Eastern on USA Network. Be able to catch it. We should go. Tune in. Would you guys, it's at your place? It's at Burnley. What, what day is this, Friday? Friday, yeah. Well, I mean, Friday. they won't miss us. Who cares? So... <laughs> mm. I don't think we have enough time. Long way to go. That's a long way to go. That's a long way to go. We don't feel bad on this Burnley game. We need Tony Mueller. Yep. Yep. Gotta have. Bro. Gotta have Tony Mueller. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Alexi Lawless. Mike Grella. Sure, no. we, we do got to. We do got to. Taller. Taller. to do. Taller. I'm probably going to spend a month in uh, England sometime this spring, and I'll be there for a bunch of games. We got to find a time. We got to find a time. We play games in the spring. We play all the way till May. And then the, the bad league starts like right after. So they're playing like all year this year. Oh, so because so. yeah, there's like a there's like a two month break. That's it. It's, it's Euros, literally a ten Euros month season. Summer. The Europe. How many more games do you have? How many more chances do you have to try to not get relegated? Uh, about tw 20, 21, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got got how many? We got, we got a lot of games left. How many more bullshit cups you still got to play? No, no. Whoa, twenty. They're out. Uh, well, we are we are out. So oh, battle A, you battled one thing and one though. thing only. Losing one, not to on one isn't, thing. Uh, yeah, that is anything a good game. to be upset about. The boys are trending in the right direction, is what's Gumpy saying. Yeah. Over the next 21 games, what do they need to win? Two of them? I'd say you got to win five. <laughs> five? That's it? Because no, you're going to have to beat You're going to have to. If you don't good win, run. you have to win Friday. Like, if you don't That's win it. Friday, enjoy the champion. It could you be guys just win 15 of them and just win 15 of them. Win 15 and eliminate this. We're a second half team. Yes. We're a second half team. I sure hope. What are we in the fourth quarter right now? Is this overtime? Half, half no, we're in the second half. We're halftime. We're at halftime. Do you guys do cool promotional giveaways at your home games? Yeah, like JJ Watt and Tyler Bobblehead Day. Yeah. Yeah, and like. Uh, mm. Toothbrushes right. and floss. 
Probably not a good idea. Yeah, the bobbleheads are. You guys know they watch this. Like they they watch this. They Who's talk they? about. Oh it. really? Well, let's let them know. Hey, yeah. let's let's score some goals. Uh, let's, let's we save, only got to win two games. Goals. I'm here. Yeah. The, the yeah. team? No, that's that's not true. We need to win more than two games. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Luton Town might go on and lose twenty. All right. Well, good luck out there. Let's win. Uh, let's win four or five games here. What do we say? Down the stretch. Yeah, that's no, it. we're gonna have a good run. We're gonna have a good run. It would be great. Do you what have else? a flat what over else? there? Do, do you have a flat over there? That's where you're gonna live. A flat? <laughs> no, no. But uh, sleeps in the street. We have a place we will stay. Uh, flat. Yeah, British term. What else you got? Holiday. Tea? Like, is that, will that be like a holiday for you? Oh, holiday. Yeah, it'll be a holiday for us. Yeah, it'll be a nice holiday. So you're staying one month, or are you staying three weeks? <laughs> oh, a fortnight. Uh, three, four weeks. That's a little Irish, a little, a little more Irish. Ladies and gentlemen, three. owner of Burnley, who is in the biggest league in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, second mammal list. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Obviously. Duh. They, 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 had a, they had a field day with your comments uh, last week about the FA Cup and how it, the messy thing, how the games didn't matter. The people just loved that. They just loved listening to you. So what did they say? It also, it also was a reflection of me. So then they said, our American owner is a moron. This is what they all oh, this is what I'm doing. Like, well, Everything we I do mean, on here reflects other people that are much more important. That's, <laughs> see, that's, that's hard to get yeah. by. Attitude reflect leadership. I, well, I know. I, I was – so yesterday – Go home from show, hang out with baby. Mm-hmm. Baby goes down to bed. I pass out. Four hours, not good. You're up at one. Yeah. A little bit of energy. Yeah, sure. One to three a.m. Just talking about all the shins that are being banged on right now because of our show. That's not a good place to be. I was in a darkness retreat. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a darkness retreat all by myself for a few hours this morning. It wasn't fantastic. Anyways, JJ, we know that you know soccer better than us. But with that being said, we're 100% right. It's our sport now. Yep. Yeah. It is our sport now. It is. And it's coming home. It's coming home. When the World Cup is in America, mm-hmm. by the way, coming up. You're the man, JJ. We appreciate you, pal. Thanks, guys. Always a great show. JJ Watt. Really enjoy Good it. Good JJ. I'm sure you do, JJ. We enjoy you, pal. I didn't even think about the amount of things he was probably told about what happened with our show over the last 24 hours and text messages by numerous people asking mm-hmm. if he should be. <laughs> hey, you sure you want to go on? With that? There's been a lot of cartoon. that. Huh? I want to see ball time or whatever the cartoon is. Ball, ball time. Jesus. <laughs> ball time. Come on. Ball, it's ball town, T-O-W-N. Yeah. C-A-H-N, yes. Draw the balls list. ball time. Ball time. Let's get to a break. Ball time. Yeah, got it. It's going to be sick. Will Johnson, we don't know if he's coming on. We don't know if Will Johnson's coming on. Been a couple uh, missed emails and made emails. Are they have like an official parade for Michigan? Or Saturday, I know I've seen the celebration. Saturday I've seen night. Couch burning. Yeah, okay. Saturday night, I believe I heard this morning. They're going to Ohio State. Ann Arbor, probably a great place for the parade. Oh, it's going to yes. be really cold it's Saturday night. Freezing. That's even better, right? And that kind of. Yeah, for the, boozed up. Have a couple extra for, for the khakis? I mean, they're not going to. Did you see? They, they have, ins- they have insulated oh, yeah. khakis. Oh, yeah. They were having a good... There is In a warm Houston. I enjoyed that Michigan fan base down there. I didn't think... I'd never really been around a lot of Michigan people. They were loud, too. Raucous. They were. Yeah. Seemed like a great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, full culmination of, hey, let's let some of this anger from the season out in this game right now. We got some breaking news coming out of New York Giants. Oh, boy. Mm. Come on. Come on. There it is. 
talking about Wink Martindale and the New York Giants. They have mutually parted ways. The latest we were hearing mm. was that Wink Martindale walked into the exit meeting with Brian Dable, the head coach of the Giants, and told him that he thought he was an ugly, bald stooge mm-hmm. in an attempt to get fired. He went down to Florida, they said, immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. He looked at the ocean. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Felt the vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Had a couple of drinks. Right. And then said, who cares about the three million? I can't go back there. No chance. And the Giants said, no, you can't, because yeah. what you said. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're mutually parting ways. That's good. I'm happy to hear that. Now, yeah. mutual parting of ways... Does that mean that he can go work for the Eagles next year, which is what everybody has kind of pieced together with the entire process um, of what's been happening between these two and between the program and uh, that type of shit? But everybody loves Wink from what I've yeah. gathered. Maybe maybe he goes back to Baltimore after Mike McDonald's gone. I mean, last year we no, said – No, I don't think it ended great there. Oh, got to have something in the pipe, right, if he's going to turn down three mil to, to not coach there? I would assume that he just knew that something would be coming. Yeah, he's, Green Bay. You know what I mean? What's that? Green Bay. Yeah, why is everyone saying Philly? Does he know Sirianni? Or? That was just the big holdup of the contract clause if he was to uh, resign because they would still be able to withhold his rights from where he'd be able to coach. So Philly would not be able to be possible, allegedly. That was being reported. I did not make this up. Okay, That was being reported by others on the internet. If you haven't heard that before, I didn't make it up. But that is what was being talked about, which is why everybody was assuming he was attempting to get fired so that he would still get the $3 million mm-hmm. and be able to go wherever. But we have not heard from Wink either. So we have no idea what's real and what isn't real at this point. No, I don't think we should assume D.C. either. Like, he can be a head coach. I don't know why he wouldn't get head coaching interviews. The conversation after last year was like, hey, Wink should probably get some head coaching interviews. If there's six right now, possibly seven, possibly eight coming up, like, I think he would be a great candidate to be a head coach. I love that Wink, though, went down to Florida. And just, it took a couple of my ties. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That'll happen. Vitamin D. Fine. Florida get, people living good, man. Get out of the cold. Bad spot. Smart. For now. Not a bad spot. What do you mean get, for now? Getting some What's heat. that mean? Even you look over the past few years, mm-hmm. Florida's always been the spot to be. Yeah. It's coming back more than ever, I think, now. Yeah. A lot, I mean, a lot of people moved, obviously, you know, once. Every, COVID. A lot of places What's got the best spot? Well, What's the best spot, d I'm not bringing it up. All over. <laughs> I mean, all over. Don't bring it up. I was good for, you know. I kept my mouth too. South Florida is, you know, once you pass kind of Palm Beach, Jupiter area, it kind of turns to a different state. So I would say South Florida, Palm Beach County, Broward County, Dade County. Jupiter is beautiful. Jupiter oh. is beautiful. That's probably where um, it's our tigers. Probably where Phil is right now. AJ, yeah. you're a big West Palm Beach guy, right? I've actually never been, but there's been some <laughs> nefarious action that I've heard happen down there in the past. All right. Yeah. Well, let's we get to a break. <laughs> it's really nice. What's that? West Palm Beach. I've been there. Oh, yeah. As a, oh. As a boy. What are you oh, doing? Yeah, yeah. when you were a youngster? That was just yeah. a couple, just a couple winters ago. Good yeah. summer good, camp there. It's yeah. good sun. Yep. Oh. Good sun, good vacations. Yeah. Oh, Foxy. Look at Tampa's you know Foxy, nice too. see how right. handsome he probably was. Oh, yeah. As a young boy, Foxy lived like now, a king. I was with my there. girlfriend. It was a couple years ago. How about you, Foxy? I hope you got good vitamin D out. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It's a good spot. <laughs> AQ still drove here this morning with his red light therapy, giving him vitamin D so he could glow on this particular I wasn't allowed to talk to him again. 
You don't get a headache from that? I tried it the other day for what you when you came in a couple weeks ago. You did not get a headache from that. Yeah, I did. I, prom- I promise you, you did not. The get a headache light was so light. bright; it was burning through my eyelids. Mm-hmm. I wasn't open eye, obviously. I've done the tanning. Well, you can do. It's actually good for your eyes too. Uh, no, no, there's no way. Hundred percent. Look How? up research. Yeah, I've, heard that. I've heard that. You've heard that, right? Yeah, I'm supposed I have to. Heard just that. I don't know if it's right or not. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't know if it's wow, right, I've heard that. Yeah, exactly. No, that'd be like the Kenny Rogers episode on Seinfeld. Can't have it. I don't know what you're talking about. He stares into a red light and it drives him insane. Okay, so yes. I don't think you're looking at that that's a, thing. That's a mental thing, not a... So you can't look directly at it. you got to look peripherally. Okay. Oh, okay. It's around your face. Well, direct, direct oh. into it, no good. But we can look like so, this. Get, like and we blur still get your the vision, effect. maybe? Yeah. Blur your vision a little bit? Okay. <laughs> you just look down or up or to the right or the left a little bit. Just there, 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 there. Okay. You see what I'm so, saying? So it's Please. making your skin better and your eyes tougher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that. Hell yeah. You can look it up, he said. <laughs> I'm gonna get rid of my readers, I promise you. Okay. Oh, so this is gonna hire this is gonna hire the, the yeah the quality of your eyes. What they say. Like carrots. So you're getting LASIK every single day. You got LASIK? Congrats. Loved it. I'm basically getting it. Basically. How long does it take, you think? A couple years? I'll so you're you. blind. I'll let you know I'm doing a research project right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. All right, let's get to a break. Holy shit. Whoa. Pete Carroll is out as head coach in Seattle. No. <clears throat> what? Wow. That, it, that just came through the wire. Hold the phone. There had been six coaches fired around NFL teams in his 2023 season that has crept into 2024. The most recent one, Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans, oh. happened yesterday. Shocked the world. <clears throat> and now, on this, what Wednesday, January 10th, 2024, Pete Carroll is fired as the head coach of the Seahawks. Holy shit. <laughs> that did great. That went really, <laughs> that went really, really well. ZD baby, we definitely do Mr. Company's doing his best and fantastic job. Did he get fired? Did he part ways? Did he retire? What the hell happened? Oh, Rap she just said, don't be surprised if he lands upstairs in Seattle. Uh, so maybe this uh, is yeah. uh, oh, the Bill situation. Brad uh, uh, Stevens. Yeah, Brad Stevens going from head coach to president of basketball operations. Yep. Okay. Congrats to Pete Carroll then. Yeah. I assume this is a move that he wanted to make if this is what he was going to do. Pete Carroll out as Seahawks coach, but potentially still in the building is the current report Mm. as we see it at this time, 2.16 Eastern Standard Time. If anything ends up being different, we apologize for having it wrong. This is the information that is currently at hand. Pete Carroll still in the building, still around the culture that he had built. I assume that they know the type of coach that they would like to get, and Pete Carroll just wants to back off the day-to-day operations, you think, as a head coach, A.J. Hawk? Maybe. I know he had made some kind of weird comments, uh, was it yesterday or the day before, about, like, I'm here as, I don't know, like, as far as I know, I'm, I will be here or whatever. But I would think he already has somebody that he would want. If he's moving up to the front office, it sounds like it, some, there's, it's obviously pretty mutual that he has somebody he wants to be the next head coach that's already on staff. But- but the other day when he was interviewed, he he said he expects to be back as the coach next year, I thought. So I don't know if this was Well, they ask yet. him questions, though. They ask him questions. What are you going to say? Like, yeah, but also, uh, did he even know at that sure. time? Yeah, like, that's what, what, I, that's what, what I mean. They were like, Pete, hey, you, we have a job here for you, but it's not as head coach anymore. Exit interviews? That's how it I, went? I just don't see There's it. no way this is the first time he's hearing of it, though. They had to at least talk about it before two days ago. Backwards hat, dancing in the locker room, yeah. seemingly loving his life yeah, as a head coach. It's- Spinning it. He obviously can relate to guys. You know, he was great on a college level. 
Obviously, you got to be a great recruiter there. Um, like, you know, practice is spinning. I just can't see him still being that involved with the game. But Schefter worded it as a shocker. Yeah, yeah Schefter, great coach. And Schefter yeah. also just worded it as he possibly could still remain mm-hmm. in the organization. So I think all the messaging is kind of coming okay. the same way. He still That's could good. remain in the organization, but not as the head coach. So, hmm. I mean, the, you can read into that a lot of different ways. Like, he could still possible. Does that mean because he is thinking about it, which means they told him this is the case? You're moving on. We're moving you to here. We still want you here if you want it. And you said he had to have heard about it before then. I mean, maybe. I don't think so now. No, after reading the tweet when it said he still could possibly, it didn't say, hey, he's like, yeah. he's already moving up. I, now, now it's only, that's different. New one. information has been presented. A lot of people are. Rep- oh. I see Rappaport. I'm seeing others that Dan Quinn would quickly be considered a strong candidate to replace Pete Carroll because he was there as the DC under Pete Carroll. So that could be a thing there. The Legion of Boom, obviously, yeah. is still mm-hmm. talked about to this day about the great days whenever Russ was the. Uh, leader of the offense on a rookie contract. Yes. And then the Legion of Boom was on the defensive side with so many characters and so many studs and so much success so quickly. They became a quick little dynasty over there. Pete Carroll, obviously, the head coach of that team. Russ Wilson, the quarterback of that team. Dan Quinn, though, has lived the high life as defense (laughs) coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. I think he's the highest paid in the league. He doesn't have to do all of the bullshit that head coaches have to deal with Every single year or every single week. And it seems like him and Mike McCarthy are doing just fine together. Would that be a place he would want to leave to go relive and rebuild the glory days of the Legion of Boom? Possibly, but the Pete Carroll situation is still one that I have no idea about. Just based on his like body language and everything and the way he is, like, there's no way he doesn't want to coach next year. No. I just can't imagine that. Like, Would Carolina make sense for a guy like him where it's like he has the cachet oh. to potentially go in there and and basically tell Tepper, like, hey, we're going to do things my way, and he's not as adversarial in terms of, like, button heads a bunch. But, like, I mean, I just I just can't imagine him not coaching next year. But, like, wow. if, if they make the playoffs this year, does this still happen? No, and they're only a game out. Like, they kind of went in the tank a little bit towards the end of the season, but it just – this just makes no sense. And Junior got hurt. Like, it's not like they had their full team. And then one they, with Drew Locke. Yeah, one with Drew Locke. I, I hope this isn't the case, but this does feel like maybe something like outside of football. Like that. That. No way. I hope I mean, it's not the case. But what, what is Schultz is it? Is it? Is it a little latte tap being up there? He certainly yeah, he is. is. Who's making decisions? Is, I know the GM is John Schneider. Is the owner who what? Paul Allen's sister. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. currently the owner. Does she? Is she the one making the decision, or is there like a board? How does it work? I mean, I thought. I don't know if this this might just be me. I thought it was legit Pete Carroll making most of the decisions over there, so now I have no idea. Well, I mean, not, he can't fire himself, so I'm saying who fired him? Mm. I just texted uh, Lil Latte. Can we FaceTime you? Yeah, that's wow. And it wasn't was it reported as fired or mm. out as head coach? Like that's the other thing. Lil Latte is Jordan Schultz of the Schultz Report. I believe he's with Bleacher Report. Yep, mm-hmm. I believe he's with. Yeah. We've known him for a while. His dad, Starbucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His dad is uh, so Seattle kind of. Mm-hmm. He's got a stranglehold. We do a lot there. of yeah, lot of, yeah. Since he was like a young boy. Uh, ESPN's Todd Archer, because I was looking it up, who covers the Cowboys, has reported uh, recently that Dan Quinn does want to be a head coach again. Okay, Armirov just reported that the Seahawks say Pete Carroll will become an advisor with the team. Five. Okay, so Pete Carroll's moving up. He likes Dan Quinn. I assume whenever they presented the situation. 
Or maybe they came up with a situation together. We have no idea. No clue. Pete Carroll, every time he's in front of a microphone, by the way, good. Yeah. Like Seattle keeping him around to maybe he's just, maybe he's a, what is he? Uh, it says advisor, and then it just got sent to the group. The Seahawks released a statement. Okay, let's read the Seahawks statement here. Pulling if, it up. If he's an advisor, has any say at all, it would be really nice to uh, hear him talk from a different angle. Yeah. yeah. Like what I think our team needs to do or what we're thinking about doing or maybe different players and scouting and what he thinks of his guys. After thoughtful meetings and careful consideration for the best interests of the franchise, we have amicably agreed with Pete Carroll that his role will evolve from head coach to remain with the organization as an advisor. Pete is the winningest coach in Seahawks history, brought the city its first Super Bowl title and created a tremendous impact over the past 14 years on the field and in the community. His expertise in leadership and building a championship culture will continue as an integral part of our organization moving forward. Pete will always be a beloved member of the Seahawks family. Okay, so they just kind of got here through conversations. Mm -hmm. I wonder what started it, what sparked it. Was Pete maybe the one that said, you know, do I do do I want to commit to another year? Seemingly not. Did the Seattle Seahawks have to say, like, hey, we're thinking maybe something different in the locker room to move forward? And we still want you around to be an advisor. Is he an advisor to the coach? Is he an advisor to the GM? Is he an advisor to the owner? I have so many questions right now. And Pete Carroll is seemingly fired as the head. Oh, I'm not yeah. saying it. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. I don't want to say if he that. Accept, if he accepts this new role, whatever it may be, there can't be too much animosity. If, if they said, hey, we're going to we're gonna let you go as the head coach, but we want you to we, we want you to be around and have a role and stay in the, with the program and the franchise. If he was pissed, he obviously would say, no, I'm going to go coach somewhere else. Yeah, but what if it was his – I don't want to say it was his only option because Pete Carroll would have an option to do whatever he wanted. For sure. What about, you, what about the players, though? Like if a lot of those guys still wanted to play for him and then he's still around and they're seeing him all the time and you have a separate head coach, like I'm sure they didn't go and ask many of the players, but like isn't that kind of a weird situation too? Talking about like two-quarterback situation. How did the Celtics handle it Brad Stevens and Missoula? Uh, it was pretty easy. It was Brad Stevens to M.A. Udoka to uh, Missoula, but I mean the team was the same. So like as much as it was a change, I, well, coach, I think that's what Ty's saying. Yeah, so like would that be something where they hire in-house? So because like not Dan Quinn, like someone – like a lot of these was guys. Was he May in the building? Yeah, he May. Didn't or, happen, no, he was with the Nets. Didn't that happen in Arizona kind of with Bruce Arias? Well, it happened in Tampa. And that, that's what I mean. It's like it, it's, it's always like a weird situation because then it's like, as the new guy, is he accepting of it? Like, does he feel like he's getting like his, someone's over his shoulder looking, you know? And then like every time something goes bad, it's like, well, yeah. it was working. It was working pretty trip. good. You yeah. know, now it's not. So like. I don't. I don't know how this is going to go. That's why I said out of football. Like you wonder if it's more so the fact that like he wants to spend more time with his family and like his grandkids. Like when was the last time Pete Carroll wasn't coaching football? Nineteen ninety. Isn't his son on the staff? Mm -hmm. He is. He is up there in age. Hurt Saban kind of said when you get to this point, you know, every year seventy two. Kind of yeah, you get to that point where you reevaluate things and it is. What did Bruce do whenever he was the advisor? He's giving speeches. He was yelling at Marcus Lattimore on the uh, sideline of the Saints game when they got in that massive fight. <laughs> I remember that. He was also on a golf cart. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Right behind around. a couple different times. during training camp, but I don't think he was like really actively coaching or helping out. Like I think he was just kind of helping out Jason, the GM, and just kind of. You see him at practice. Exactly. Walk around, good to see you. Not in the locker room around the team. Correct. Because that would be a weird thing, Mm -hmm. to your point, Ty. That would be an interesting situation. But hired in-house, right? Tall Bowles, just like, hey, you know the team. The team knows you. Pass the baton is what Bruce said, right? Didn't Bruce say the team was set up? Now it's ready. It was the right time to hand the baton up. And that's why it's kind of weird here because a lot of these guys, like 
they didn't play for Dan Quinn when he was the DC there. So it's basically this. It's not like you're getting a guy you already know and who you've played for. Like it is an entirely new guy. Yeah. Bobby Wagner's probably the only one that's yeah. still there, right? Gumpy, mm-hmm. call Schultz. Dan, yeah. If anyone can do it, Dan Quinn can do it. Sure. Guys love that dude. He's awesome. Got some young pieces too with uh, Devin Witherspoon. You know, came in, played, played a really high level. I like Quandre Diggs, the deep end. So he's got some of that, you know, a couple pieces in that Tariq. track end. Well, Tariq Woolen, you know, he kind of he struggled a little bit this year, surprisingly, but he definitely has the talent to be. Sophomore, uh, they drafted you know, well. Uh, they drafted yeah. well, oh, yeah. even on offense. Kobe Bryant. Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm interested to hear what Schultz has to say as a guy who's pretty well plugged mm-hmm. in the uh, into the building in yeah. Seattle. Yeah, he's got to be going through it. He's getting set up. I'm excited to see the shot. He's got to be crushed. I'm excited to see what's going on with Schultz. Turtleneck, probably. Uh, Gumpy's telling me that he looks fantastic. Old-timer, he says. Pardon. That's how great he's going to look. Ladies and gentlemen, the founder of the Schultz Report from Bleacher Report, insider for the NFL, Jordan Schultz. Hello, Schultz. Hey. All-time. All-time setup. Hell right? yeah. You look good. You look great, Schultz. Hey, gents. How's it going? Hey, it's growing fantastic. Let's talk about uh, you look great, by the way. There you go, Schultz. You're glowing. Nice job, Schultz. You're glowing, Schultz. I want to let you know that. Hell of a year. Hell of a season for you. We've obviously followed along. Uh, question for you about the Seattle Seahawks situation. Obviously, we know that you're pretty plugged in over there. At least you know some people that would at least know something. This is a shocker. Everybody has broken the news as shocker. Pete Carroll out as Seahawks head coach. Then it moved forward to he could possibly remain in the building. Now it is being reported by the Seahawks that they amicably agreed to have him be an advisor with the franchise. He'll always be a beloved member here. How did we get here and why do you think this is taking place he's not going to be with the team on a day-to-day basis looking over the shoulder of dan quinn the new head coach or he's with the g how's this how's it all work out you think from where we sit right now schultzy yeah i think the first thing is he's it's hard to believe but he's the oldest coach in the league at 72 years old he's been there for decades obviously been to super bowls won a super bowl but this was still a complicated scenario on a day-to-day week-to-week basis in the sense that pete carroll despite being the head coach, Bell has really had operating control of the franchise. It wasn't just John Schneider. Pete Carroll had the, he had the final word as the head coach. He had the power. And I think that was part of the power struggle, but also the fact that Pete Carroll at this point in his career, I think wasn't, I don't know if he had the same level of energy. We always talk about Pete Carroll being this raw, raw guy, obviously having tremendous success. But when I talked to some of the players, they would tell me, listen, this like players would recognize that Pete Carroll's message, they wouldn't say the word stale, but they would say it's sometimes they felt like maybe it was time to move on. I've had players tell me that over the past couple of years. Not trying to be disrespectful of Pete, but just the fact that they have experienced the same coach, the same message for so long. And then I've also talked to former players, Michael Bennett, Cliff Averills, and as much as they respect Pete, they would tell me at some point maybe it would be in the best interest of the franchise to perhaps consider moving on at some point in the near future. Got it, AJ. Schultz, I know uh, what Rapsheet said, he was shocked by this. Is, was there any rumblings of this, any kind of rumors or anything floating around during the season? Not necessarily during the season, but I think right when the season ended and they missed the playoffs, they obviously were very close, uh, you started to feel that. And then he said something interesting the other day. He said, yes, I plan to be back next season, or that's the plan. Then he kind of countered it or qualified it by saying, that's the plan right now. That was a little bit fishy to me. Um, And I think also, you have a built-in replacement, right, potentially in Dan Quinn, who I know, 
would love to be back in Seattle. He was a big part as, as an architect of the Legion of Boom. They obviously had a lot of success there. He has now been with Atlanta and then subsequently with Dallas as the D.C. is getting interest from, from around the league. But I can tell you point blank that Dan Quinn is a built-in replacement, natural replacement for Pete Carroll. Okay, so Pete Carroll goes in for his exit meetings and they say, sit down, 72-year-old Pete. Okay. Well, I don't think it was so much of – listen, this, this is so early, i got to dive into this. But to me, I don't think it was so much of them saying, Pete, you're out, Jody Allen saying, Pete, you're out, but a mutual parting of ways. And like you said, he'll still remain on to a degree with the organization. He has that type of respect. This is a Hall of Fame coach who's won at every level. But I don't believe, Pat, it's not my understanding that they were just saying, Pete, we want you out. I think, you know, similar to what's going to happen or what is happening currently – with Bill, with Bill Belichick in New England, when you have that type of relationship and that type of success, this is a a, a a long process of communication. And you can't just say, overnight, I want him out. You have to have both sides be willing to do it. Okay, so this is coming from Jordan Schultz of the Schultz Report on Bleacher Report. He is uh, deeply connected to the city of Seattle mm-hmm. through family ties mm-hmm. and coffee. Yep. Mm-hmm. Starbucks. Hell yeah. You said a lot there that I don't think any of us really knew. I assume it's going to become a conversation piece about it all. But Connor does have a question for you being the Seattle NFL insider guy. Yeah, Schultz, you broke the DK Metcalf contract. You, you broke a, you've broken a lot of news uh, in Seattle. Russell Wilson being, being out of there the entire thing. Um, how the fuck do you not break the biggest news out of Seattle in the last 20 years? Are, are you going to shoot your source in the head? <laughs> When you don't have it, you don't have it. I didn't. I, I I was fishy about it, but nobody told me this is definitively happening. I couldn't get it confirmed. So, props to the guys who did. But important. sometimes you don't get the story, and you just gotta you gotta respect it and move on. All Talk right. Before. Well, we appreciate you, buddy, for joining us in the middle of the day. We'll be excited to hear how the news comes out and the ripple effect of this all. We're happy that Pete Carroll's still part of football, though. We uh, we love that yeah. man from afar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's seventy two. That's old. Yep. And, and I think, like you guys said, he's when you're when you've been in an organization that long, sometimes the best uh a- action joint is, is to move forward amicably, and that's what happened here. Happy to hear that. Ladies and gentlemen, Gordon Schultz. Thank yeah, you, buddy. Jordan. There you are. <laughs> there he is. There. Oh yeah, wait. Okay. <laughs> Has Schultz noticed that once? No. Yeah. No. He's locked in. That's why he sits in the same spot. He has to notice it. He just doesn't. Doesn't play play the game, I guess. For those that don't know, we've known Schultz a long time, yes, long yeah. time, and uh, he's really come up. He certainly has. Mm-hmm. Bleacher Report owned by Turner, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. TNT does a lot of sport. I mean, that's yeah. We're at we're pumped for him that he did that. We went through some times with him. Sure, we went through some times with him. Odell had some situations that popped. Zach Wilson, yeah, Zach and, Wilson. Yeah. That whole thing popped up. There's a lot of you know. There's things that have popped up that have got us into some shit through Schultzy, but like Seattle. He is there, mm-hmm. like he is present. So him talking about how over the last couple of years, I've heard players say stuff about like, all right, I think we need something new. That's, I've never heard that. Neither and I appreciate yeah. the fact that the team never let that out because of the respect that they have for mm-hmm. Pete Carroll, if that is to be true. So my buddy Alex Boone, who we all know played in the NFL forever, mm-hmm. San Francisco, signed with Seattle, I think like a year or two ago to the practice one going in the playoffs and said, it was the best atmosphere he's ever been in in the NFL. Like, like said, locker room? Yeah, just like the team meetings, the energy, fun, the, the whole fun, right? fun, the basketball, like the whole thing. So two years ago, I don't think there was a big drop off like from two years ago. I, I, 
I find that hard. They went to playoffs last year, and like all those players came back for the first week against Russell Wilson. And yeah, what's what's why why is what what's going? There has to be something. And when all the Russell Wilson stuff came out, like we were kind of saying how like hey, not one of his current team, like everyone went to bat for Pete Carroll. Like no one went to bat for Russell Wilson and said anything about that. Like current players, previous players, like they all went to bat for Pete Carroll. Well, I mean, we talked about it though this year, like with the Steelers and potentially the Patriots. Like sometimes when you're just at a place for that long, like yeah. it's things can just end. It doesn't have to be a bad reason. Like, yeah, you're right. Congrats to them. Yeah, it's not over yeah. if he's staying. It's not over, but I don't know what his work schedule is going to be. Pete Cover, especially when you have a guy who's in the organization uh, before uh, as a DC, you know. Replacement, you know, same thing could happen in New England. Oh, maybe Bill Belichick's just an advisor. Yeah, I mean, there's been yeah. a lot of people talking. But he has about, to get that record. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That, that's ex- that's big. really the whole thing that's hanging almost every conversation up. We assume yeah. for Bill, like I, I assume Bill has had his eye on that number for what ten years now, probably. at least ten yeah. years. Whenever yeah. he found out he could potentially go get it, mm-hmm. he's been locked in on it, and it's like he's earned. The ability to be in the place that he's at, so close. Oh yeah, he's so right there. close. To two getting... two seasons. He'll get it in two seasons. No, no doubt about it. How many does he need? Fifteen. Okay. You think yeah. he'll get it? Was his record yeah. this year? Was, yeah. Was uh, four and thirteen. Could it, could eat a chunk of that this year? Yeah. 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 Could could have easily been one and sixteen. Chad Ryland misses that kick yeah. against the Giants. You celebrate Bills like goddammers. Yeah. Fucking year I mean, we lose to the Chargers. Six nothing at home. Chad Ryland misses three field goals. There's another one. Uh, there's Goddamn but, Chad Ryland. <laughs> three years ago. Nah, I think, honestly, me, that's why he never cut Chad Ryland. Because he's like, hey, I'm not getting it this year. And if we don't get someone better in here, I'm not getting it for the next decade. They were reporting that they've talked, right? Yeah, they had an initial meeting on Monday. And now there's supposed to be others later this week, but the latest was from Mike Reese was that Hail Mary. You think Bill's wearing flip-flops in there, or what do, you, what do you think? I think Bill is scouting the third-string fullback from Middle Tennessee State as we speak, uh, and then he's probably – I don't think he's left. I don't know if he's wearing shoes at all. Probably staying grounded with the building as I'm talking about when he's talking to Kraft. Oh, when he's talking to Bob? Yeah. I don't know. What jeans, bo- and, I, jeans and flip-flops for sure. I mean, jeans, flip-flop, probably a button-down that's tucked into the jeans. Yep. Oh, okay. Yes. I was thinking hole and sweatshirt. Thong sandals on. Is that what he wears? Yep. Around yeah. yeah. Toes Tootsies out. out. Big old. Like Tootsies breathe. Got, he's a boat guy. He's got huge feet, so. <laughs> yeah, we him, saw it in that video. Him with a, well, he's a huge. Yeah, yeah he's got a barrel, barrel chest. chest. Exactly. Jeez, jacked. So jocked. Mm-hmm. How about tan I, too? Nice and tan. Well, he's on the beach. Everybody's yeah. thinking the uh, nudist. He, we, t- I talked to him post that video being released. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't bring up how big of a dog he is to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he right. didn't bring up that we reacted to that video either. It wasn't like a thanks for out of that ring camera. You think if you did bring it up, he was like, "What video?" Oh, coach, I'm not the guy that should be breaking this news. <laughs> There's ask Steve, ask Steve. I don't want to be the guy that's. Uh, we just met each other. I don't want to be this guy, but they they showed you on the internet. Yeah, they got you. You look good. though. You're at a Make a Wish event. Yeah, you should be pumped about it. Yeah, you were traveling with the kids and mm-hmm. other people's mm-hmm. went out to save the hospital. Yep, went to get donuts and coffee in the morning. Took a deep mm-hmm. breath, looking at a neighbor and. We saw it all. You were he was uh, he was cheesing uh, in his interview or his press conference. What was it this week or last week? Because this somebody week. somebody had the sweatshirt of um, what's it called what what location was that? Uh, what, Nantucket. Nantucket. And he was cheesing, and I in my head thought he was just thinking back <laughs> to that night 
where he was. God, I laid pipe so well last time I was there. Nice sweatshirt. I think I think that yeah. is. Yeah, he's actually thing. doing like plumbing up there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah. helping. Yeah. 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 the entire neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Nantucket is very old uh, infrastructure. That's yeah. nice of him to do that. Actually, that's his charity. Is he? He? I've Nantucket. He's got neighbors, I assume, up there on that. Yeah, yeah. He's he had neighbors. I don't know if he still does. I, I do know that uh, a couple neighbors who were not Patriots fans requested a couple trees to be cut down. They'll say, "Get the fuck out of my garage." But that that's just what I heard. And he was, in fact, lifting. And that is where that bale of trust comes from. Mm-hmm. So funny to think about. That was a story that was rumored. We didn't make it up. Uh, it, yeah, that story was told to me by the people who were there. <laughs> <laughs> big fan of the big fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers comes in, moves next door. Need these trees to go. Trees stay. Yeah. Get the fuck out. <laughs> That's amazing. Bill Belichick's going to be wanted. Vrabe's going to be wanted. Yep. Ben Johnson, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Aaron Glenn, yep. probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? With that whole. Yeah, Houston, Slogue. Yep. Slogue. Slogue's going to be wanted. There's only so many jobs, man. That's the thing with these coaches. There's only so many jobs. You know, like, hey, if I don't jump now, like, my name might not be hot next year this time. The enemy going to be back in the. Yeah, why isn't anyone talking about that? Are they just going to name him head coach or something? What do we think? I think he will. So I was listening to the GM shuffle, and Lombo basically said he didn't think it boded well for him because if it would have, they would have fired Rivera midseason and let him be the interim mm. coach for like the last eight weeks to kind of give him an audition. Which was weird about the Chargers because Kellen Moore didn't get it, and they gave it to Biff. First year, though, um, yeah. ownership, you know? Yeah. So they have no idea True. what mm-hmm. they want. I assume they're very excited to go through the interview process yeah. for the first time to kind of figure it out. But, boy, you can get on that cycle like Tepper got on. Yeah. And you can get addicted to those interviews. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this shit. Oh, my God. I love dumping $50 million. <laughs> What about the who, – who's the Dolphins OC? Like, Do you think someone uh, – He was rated the actually uh, by the NFL Bobby PA, Johnson? the number one offensive coordinator. Frank Smith. Yeah, so will he get poached? Right. He's who, already who, been who, asked the for NFL a couple. PA. Yeah. He was number yeah. one. That makes sense. Okay, let's get to a break. On the other side, we're going to break down the NFLPA's all-pro team. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've heard this. I assume they've been doing it for years. No idea. I think two. At least two. So in the back, they think maybe first year. You think maybe two. Whatever. It's pretty new. Yeah. System seems to be fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They announce an all-pro. The AP will announce an all-pro. Obviously, there's Pro Bowls that's voted by players, coaches, what? fans. What? Mm-hmm. And everything else. Incredible nods to people who are great. Football is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that man won a championship at the college level and the professional level. That's AJ Hawk. AJ, you've been dominating life as of late. And uh, we know we missed your birthday, January 6th. Couple years back, you had a big celebration. Obviously, mm-hmm. the world heard about it. This year, not as much glitz and glamour, but mm-hmm. happy birthday, AJ. Happy birthday, AJ. Appreciate it. Now, AJ, birthdays always bring a time to reflect on how the year was. Go ahead and you mm-hmm. wanted to give that speech. What are we doing? We're trying to buy some time for something going on. You're trying to get somebody on the on the phone? Not a speech uh, you wanted. No, we we just assumed that you already had this one locked oh, no. and loaded. No. It's already come and gone. My birthday is come and gone, you know. Yeah, sure. you're right. You're living a moment. You live in a moment. Yeah. yeah. How many speeches did you give on your birthday to the kids about living life and enjoying everything? Mm-hmm. Uh, zero, actually, because kids do not listen to what you say. They watch what you do, I think. Oh, 
Okay. Wow. That was Boom. a good message. That was, that was great. That was a good message. Thank you for that message. Thank you, AJ. Thank you, AJ, for that message. Happy birthday. The Toxic Table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer. Don. Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. Nine-year NFL vet. Host of Everything DB presents Good D, Bad D. Darius J. Butler is here. And ladies and gentlemen, it is time for a man to continue to educate, inform, and hopefully inspire many young men who might be a little bit thicker than the other kids mm -hmm. out there. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go in the trenches. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We got a couple scheme plays, and then we dive right into five plays that you guys will all say. Scumbag. Piero's not in touch oh. mode. Needed to go into touch mode here on the back wall. Uh... I don't know, technical difficulty. Yeah, 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 I mean, this is a standard operating procedure. AJ's face is in the middle, plus a uh, computer screen. I yeah. mean, it's all going. Fantastic. It's all the water softener, the water softener situation. I have one in the basement. It, it annoys me when that thing kicks off. Dude, it just want bananas mm -hmm. up here. Started yelling at us in the middle of the Phil Mickelson interview. Started yelling at us in the middle of the whole thing. It was uh, certainly a scene. Phil said a lot of stuff in there, AJ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, he was. Well, I mean, he, Phil was very open. Phil was good. Did you check him or no? Whenever he was talking, um, I did not exactly check him as he was talking. No, me, I tried to that one time. I said, "Wait a minute, golf! What you guys are doing? Taking that money? Ridiculous!" <laughs> She's always didn't I, AJ? Yeah, yeah. Invite him on just to bamboozle him, right, and tell him how terrible he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I. That's journalism. That's what they want, right? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? I mean, it certainly sounds like everybody that's never really done anything in this particular world has a lot of ideas. You know, on how they would act. And that's how dare you let them say that? How dare you let a human speak how they feel? All right. It's a talk. What we're doing show. here, huh? It's a conversation show. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. You should see how dumb this guy is over here whenever he puts a cowboy hat on. You should hear what he has to say yeah. on the microphone. I can't believe I let that happen. Yeah, I try to say it. Hey, I see why you put that thing on and then take it off, though. A little different with it. Thing, yeah, man. I love it. Hey, pretty sweet, right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. did you, yeah. D Butt? I did. It was. Hmm. Little tap, you know. Interesting. Little catch my mic. Because you did. gave it away for a foam big hat. No, yeah. he still. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Trade. Yeah. He, he traded. I saw the trade happen. It was a good move. Good trade. By good move. Good trade. Good trade. Yeah. It was a barter. What happened? You got one of those big foam cowboy hats? No. No. Big, uh, no one of those big hats. Yeah. So national national championship got Michigan on one Fucking side, Washington on one side. Oh, the big cap. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. big big cap. Oh okay, I didn't know you got the big foam. The, the yeah. big cap. Hey, it's a moment I remember. Forever. Yeah, yeah. National, national championship cowboy hat. What yeah. are we talking about? Had some people tell us uh, that neither teams are playing have anywhere near a cowboy hat represented. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Are, are we or are we not in the great state of Texas? Did we not walk right by a steer on the mm -hmm. wall? Three of them. Sure did. As we were walking through the halls of we literally did. the Houston Rodeo. Don't know if you've ever heard of it. Mm. Not my first Rodeo. Did no. Blake Corum not or knew walk out as a light ranching cowboy? He did. Mm. Yep. He did, did Connor not grab he did. 10 belt buckles? Bingo. Yeah, I grabbed 10, yeah, 10 to 15. What idiots were one? saying that? I can need one. A couple people were obviously not happy with the way we looked on there. I want to let you know, I think a cowboy hat makes you look really good. I guess you guys could have dressed as Wolverine from the X-Men. That would have been more professional. <laughs> that would have been cool, though. Yeah. We Imagine if we were that. all just super jocked all year. Or we all could have gained like could have dressed 30, pound, 30 pounds and That's been husky. Fit. Just fit husky the mold. as yeah. a whole. Mm -hmm. You're right. We could have been dogs. Could have put furry yeah. costumes on. That yeah, would have been okay. Wouldn't yeah. have been able to go into some convention centers on certain times, though, because certain things get yeah. ended up inside those very yeah. yeah. Could have done. You ever hear about that, D-Butt? No. That feels like a really white thing. Yeah. yeah. That feels does. like probably the whitest thing. They did that on Entourage, didn't they? Yes. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Entourage. What'd they do? 
Little, little furry. What was that? What are you doing? You went in the what trenches? What was that? What's going on out here? That's, what, that's what Vincent Chase was doing, wasn't it? That, no. It, no, it does drama. feel it like oh, drama. drama. So furries, do we think that is the most predominantly white thing that ever happened? Yeah, yeah certainly I, top top two or, you know. Uh, uh, probably top three to um, that and accumulation like most, of pedophiles. Most of the sports at the X Games. Skateboarding? No, not next. BMXing? Winter X Games. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but Sal Mascale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's so. the voice of it. You know, he's the actual. As boy. I was saying, I thought of Sal, but. I don't know if, like, you've never heard of the furries? So these whites, they wear costumes. Never heard of, no. Okay, they wear costumes. They're, uh, they're dogs, like he was implying for us to do. They're dressed up in weird, co- they're not weird, sorry. <laughs> Artistic, whatever you wear. I think they're weird. Mm-hmm. Well, you're judging them, I'm not judging them. Well, I am. These people good. look weird forward. Weird fine. Weird's okay. I believe these whites look forward to these weekends yep. for like months and months and months on end. They work on these costumes, like work on make real realistic, so realistic. There's holes in places allegedly, and they're all just boning oh, yeah. each other all night. Mm-hmm. The pink dog is banging the mm-hmm. unicorn over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rhinoceros is doing its thing to the lion. It's like convention, like yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. convention center, yeah. And they're still wearing all of the. Yeah, all the gear. It's yeah, be like an anonymous thing, right? Like you feel the anonymous thing. They feel like, hey, I'm a cat. I'm not really me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah. a bunch of yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, <laughs> and then sometimes some of them are looking for a certain animal too. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, for those sure. sickos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could have went without knowing that. I'm cool. No, you needed to know. You that. needed to know that. Yeah, you, you might want to jump in. Yeah. No, whoa. AJ. Well, I just said it's the whitest thing of all time. I don't think Darius is going to be so jumping what? in. Well, they want to break barriers. There might. Yeah, you never like, know. You don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. First, yeah, we don't right. know. True. Nah, but this feels like a white thing. It's, I, a, it's a white thing. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to guess, I'd say this is a predominantly white thing. But I've happened upon a couple of these conventions at you different have? hotels I was staying at. Oh yeah. One in Indy. When I was in Indy, I told, I, I, yeah, there was a full convention at, I don't know, two years ago maybe. At the, it was everywhere. They were everywhere. Interested. They're just, they're just waltzing around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right yeah. in front of you. Just pretend like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretend like yeah. they're not wearing $600 mascot costumes. It ruins the city. City sucks that weekend. It does not. It does. It livens some I'm, things up. I'm there for a lot of conventions. It's like Comic Con. When that one comes to town, I do everything I can. The to future get out of farmers of America are all in uniform. Yeah, that one's great. One. Firefighters. Firefighters convention one. More great mustaches one. Oh. in the city mm-hmm. than ever before, and probably more alcohol drink. Yeah. Than yep. any of the other conventions. Vicon. Vicon, obviously. Gary Vicon came yep. to town. Oh, yeah. That was almost too much. Too many people. So Coming many. Coming back, people. right? I got a V. I hope. All right, anyways, one right there. we didn't get to dress up like dogs. We were cowboys because we were in Houston. Um, but there's a couple dogs around the NFL. A yeah. couple dogs. Oh, yeah. A couple dogs. We got some good ones today. Oh, yeah? We got some good ones. I was nervous because, you know, a lot of starters rest yep. the last week of the season. I was nervous trying to find. But we, this game obviously played all the starters. Check out this movie. Not the best block in the world, but we get a little vet move throw by, which gets this thing going. But this is the play that Miami ran over and over again. They ran it till it wore. I mean, they literally wore this play out. It's a fake dive just to get eyes one way, wow. flip the other way. Mm-hmm. Look at the move by A-Chan Jeez. as he goes. And then check out Taron Armstead because, listen, the backside block, the hustle play from the backside left tackle, this is the one that sets it. He's just hanging out right now. We get it. He, he lets it go. <laughs> he's he's looking, just hanging. Looking. He's looking where he's going. And then he sees the safety, and that ends up being the block that springs it for the touchdown. Him what? and Who's that? Clay? Uh, Robbie? Chosen? Is that chosen? Why did they stop feeding yeah. me, Chan? It wasn't Claypool. 
It wasn't Claypool. No. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. But this play, they wore out in the first half. I'm telling you. And this has kind of been their MO of the last couple of weeks. They love this play. It's just, look how he opens one way. It just freezes everybody on the backside for just a half a second. And then we get the toss opposite. It ends up just being really a toss strong. But we get eye candy with the jet motion. We get eye candy with the fake open this way and then flip the other way. This guy's he's throwing him into the hole almost. Yeah, and then yeah. He, watch, watch the little flyby. We call this a little flyby. There, right there. Ooh. See the little... Little shoulder grab up the field. That's holding. Oh, no, holding. that's holding. No, it's beautiful. Holding. That's a hold. Beautiful. They called it on Washington this week. And yeah, then, yeah. sometimes they call it, but that's a great move. You can get away with it more more than you can't. Well, I'm sure he's pumped. He's spotlighted. Yeah. 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 Did you see that, by the way? A lot of people pretty bummed out about the officiating uh, national championship. Yeah, oh, well, there was that one holding that happened. I didn't think it was bad. Yeah, but that it, was a bad call. That one? That holding with a uh, double move, Roma Dunze, because that was a big point of game. Too. I think they were down seven. Yeah, yeah it was just when like the offensive that. lineman gets beat that quick, though, and the defensive lineman ends up on the ground, you sometimes you just. Those restaurants talking about on the deep ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The regular, right tackle. Yeah, the yeah. regular broadcast clear was on in the. Oh, okay, truck. I mean, it's a clear hole. hole. That was a clear hole. All right, you I can't just you. get beat and throw a dude on the ground. Well, Thank you, you said it should. Oh, okay, well, all right, friendly fire, friendly fire. Normally, you protect everyone. I protect most. But that's that was clear as day. I mean, he got beat on the inside. Man, it quick. sucks for the timing on that. Terrible timing. First big play of the game for Washington. That Terrible changes time. everything. Yeah. yeah, it did. It was 2013, right? Yeah. Yeah, but they hit that. I'm assuming the next ball to McMillan's connected. Sure. Yeah. I'm assuming the next one to Polk is probably coming. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. Just all you need is just a spark. Start getting a rhythm. He missed Rome a couple times. Rome yep. said he ran the wrong route. Mm-hmm. And there was one where he's a little bit out of bounds. There was one that was like Hold. a little bit out of reach. One that went through. He was like, yeah. everything was just a little bit off. You hit one, though. All of a sudden, we could do it. You take the top off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead, we got a hold. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got a hold. That's a damn shame. Sometimes. I miss you ran for 350 yards. Yeah, so. so. Yeah, I mean, yeah should have won by 35 points. Hard to bitch <laughs> about the officiating, yeah. but. Yeah. Yeah, but that play. That play, yeah, changes everything. 21 point play. Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Forty. What's so funny, AJ? Twenty-one. I don't really hear many people say twenty-one point play. What was? <laughs> looking. Oh shit! Looking back. I see why you said that. I see why you say that, though. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, absolutely. It's the truth too. Momentum. Momentum can Big mo. be worth twenty-eight points. Mm. Oh, oh, maybe I undersold. Okay. Wow. I undersold might be, it. Might be. Okay. Who How about the Packers? This team's in a playoff. Ty, what are we, oh, Ty look at this, huh? Hey, they've been playing well. Hey, you gotta love it. This guy got going again. But check this out. Look, they fake one way, right? They get. Him stepping one way, they open one way, they get the hand back the other way. Here's huge. We get the tight end arc into there. They know he's going to close because the tackle goes down inside. He's going to collect him. So you got two over here. Now check this out. We get him going back. He's going to bypass him. So we get these two out in front for the two right there. Look, knows he's going to close. Don't even block him. He already took himself out of the play. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bypass, go collect. Aaron Jones for daylight, huge hole. Wow. Great play. Wow. Love it. Awesome. They called us a bend back, right? Because they had to set this up early in the game, running zone, 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 all to the right, and then they get the bend back going back finish. the other way. It's crap finish. finish. He's been awesome. Yeah, he's better than Musgrave. He's been awesome in, Mus- in the run game, blocking. And act very good in the pass game. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. Been, he's been one of the more impressive guys on the team this year. Very good. Rookie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at that. The Packers. Yeah. Tackle, tackle yeah. burying a dude oh, yeah. from Penn State, by yep. the way. Seventh rounder. Pretty yeah. much all rookies and second second year players yeah. catching. Catch Listen, I would have I would have failed. I would have failed this guy if we didn't put him on mm-hmm. and maybe his last game as a Tennessee Titan. He was vintage Derrick Henry this weekend. I don't know if you guys watched a lot of it, but he was mm-hmm. vintage. We get a great little scoop block right here. Check this out. We're gonna get a little motion. 
We get a scoop between the center. Watch him cut the legs out. Wait, we get the chip. Let it go. Well, fake leg, we're going high. Oh. Cut him. Ooh. Now, check this out. Go back here, because uh -huh. this is huge. This is the hardest block right here. He's, got, he's the only one with the one-on-one -on -one block right here. Hardest block. Scron now watch That's Henry. That's Skronsky. Yeah. Yep. Now watch Henry go like this. This little Ooh. stutter back to the right. Because right there, might make the play. Puts him back on oh, him. And then we get the cut. Run. It's what awesome. It's awesome. Look at Skronsky. Puts him back on him. Mm. Right there. Now we get his head backside. You just won the block for Skronsky. You get him playing backside. Now we break it back to the front side. He's oh. out the gate. And Vintage. Vintage Derrick Henry. Yep. Tannehill started. Derrick Henry mm -hmm. started. Yeah. Raves is out there. The old school Titans. Yep. Tech Tractor another round, boys. They're so fucked. Yes. God damn. That is so bad. If I'm a Titans fan, I'm skydiving off something. I mean, they had it. They had it figured out. <laughs> With a parachute, obviously, so you land safely. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. It depends on the Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, though. Sure, no, actually. They, they it's a lot of faith in Ran. Will, Amy just to build it, right? That's what we're assuming. And Will Levis. Yeah. Ton of faith in, in Will Levis. Yeah. Flesh. The other thing, too, and this is, this, is, this is what we with really Derek haven't Henry. talked about, is with Tennessee, with Atlanta, right? Both very similar offenses. You have to have a certain type of person to run this offense. And so who do you bring in? You have to either bring in somebody of his own caliber scheme or you bring in a Josh McDaniels, and then it's a five-year rebuild, and then he's fired. And now you set your team back 10 years. That's why it's a poverty franchise. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, but they could run this clip in two years from now when they potentially figured it out. Figured it out yeah. somehow. Well, then run it because I think they're never going <laughs> to win anything significant. Maybe they'll go to the playoffs. They'll never, ever win a Super Bowl. They're in the same division as C.J. Stroud, Trevor Lawrence, and Anthony Richardson. The Titans are legitimately fucked for so long, and they impose their own curse. The variable curse is officially active. How hard is that going from like a completely like a power play action type scheme to like a more open? I'm you, assuming that's where they go as an old lineman or a coach. Or there, it's very it? few and far between. Like I, like literally, I got cut from teams whenever they brought a zone guy in. Mm -hmm. I was not a zone guy. I was you like gotta a, rebuild it. Yeah, you got to bring in all new guys. It's like Chris Lindstrom, phenomenal football player. He's on today again. Like he's great football player, but he's built for that zone Art Artie Smith scheme. So now you bring in another thing. Does he fit that scheme? Who knows? You don't know. Brings in that Artie Smith. He's great in that Artie Smith scheme, huh? Mm -hmm. Speaking of, Titans just requested a interview with Antonio Pierce. Ooh. Oh. Trying to steal. Look Put at. the Raiders' feet to the fire mm -hmm. a little bit. Antonio Pierce, though, he, he knows. Yeah. He's not just going to take any job. No. Antonio no. Pierce has been a player. Antonio Pierce has been a coach a long time. Antonio Pierce is one that I think is being highly sought after for a lot of things. And it stinks that this is how people are talking about the Titans, by the way. Well, yeah. Because it has turned into like, hey, Antonio, you want to come here and go 3-14 and 14 the next three years and then get fired? Or does that sound good? Or no, you want to stay in Las Vegas? He's <laughs> probably just sick of playing Pokemon with Mark Davis. What did Jay Oh, they've got to catch them all. Uh, they haven't done that yet. But what did JJ say? He said there's less than 15 Yes. Yeah. Great coaches in the NFL. I think, I think we'd all agree with that, right? So <laughs> if the Tennessee Titans are able to find another one, mm. you know, and then also if they're able to build a team that is good for that particular coach in the style, offense coordinator, defense coordinator, head coach, I mean, that'd be a hell of a job well done because as we sit, nobody has faith that it's happening. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that, that that's just chips on her shoulder, right? I mean, is it? Come on, Amy. Come on, Amy. Good Let's, luck out come there. On. Less than 15 is wild, too. Because Frable and Belichick, we can probably say they're two great coaches. 
right? We started judging Vrabel that way quickly because, I mean, you won Coach of the Year and one seed with one seed with yeah. like 70 guys on the injury. Yeah. 90, I think. I think yeah, they, right, they right. played 90 guys that season. Yeah. He never had a truly elite quarterback either, and they just yeah. kept winning. He Get gives him out. identity, too. Don't you think he gives the team an identity? Like, we always talk about a team taking on their coach's identity. You know, like, you know when Braves is coaching the squad, you have something. There's something there. Mm-hmm. His defense always played the right way, too. Defense has always played hard, physical, yeah. tough. Yeah. Like, Well, who are the good players on, on the defense? Jeffrey Simmons. Simmons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's gone because, you know. Fired straight under Traded fired. fired. He's gone. Drafted corner in the first round a couple of years ago. He hasn't really. Who's the D tackle that was in Indy? Yeah. Autry, Autry, Miko Autry, yeah. all those good players gone. <laughs> David Long, Tennessee Dolphin sucks, and... dude. Holy shit! <laughs> Nashville's such a good town. Na- I Great. love Nashville. It's it's way up there with like Houston, but that town is not going to be a football town forever. That's right, Vandy baseball. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah actually, they are the truth. Uh-huh. Baseball is yeah. a real deal. I think their basketball team pretty good. Sometimes mm. no. they have the elevated court though. Oh, yeah, it looks sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Nashville's got, Blake Shelton's got a bar. Right. Yeah, yeah they got, got a bar, obviously. Yeah. Not just him. Go to the next Kid one. Rock. Next one? Yeah. Yeah, you got it, buddy. We can go back to that. That's that Trevor Lawrence play. Oh, yes. We'll go back. We'll hit that at the end. Yeah, we should. Because that's. Yeah. Yeah. You break it down, you watch it slow. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's got to put Quinn Miners on. He gets at least one, one a game. This one isn't like a crazy one, but just check it out. They're going to run the ET. Max Crosby, just so we know, right? This whole purpose of the, running this ET is Max is trying to declete Quinn, open, pick the shit out of him, and then get him around. Exactly. And so watch him just eat the pick from Max and then dump. Watch the little torque bury on the ground here. Whoa. Oh, we like oh. Max. Love yeah, Max. Boy, we're watching yeah. Max. Love Max. Come on. Man. Love Max. Max. One of my favorite football players. Yeah, that's his 50th I mean, play of the game. One of my favorite though. football players to watch. But whenever you can do that to a guy like that, pretty awesome stuff. You got you to gotta highlight it on the offensive side. God, Max Crosby flies around. Flies. Mm-hmm. And he's doing his job. Ooh. I mean, that, that's a great pick. Quinn. Quinn just... Yeah, but I, I don't think Max Crosby's rolling with Sean Strickland and boys. Yeah, yeah. that's you know, right. Who if that got to the ground, which I don't think Quinn wanted, Max Crosby. It was over. Yeah, pulling guard. Yeah. In a pretzel. Yeah. yeah. Probably is a pretzel or a triangle thing. Yeah. Right. Might break both of his arms. Yeah. Look at the play ended, to yeah. be honest with agree. you. agree. <laughs> hey, Denver Broncos are in an interesting situation, too. They yep. are. That's a whole other place. Yeah. But Dead Cap is a legend. They're working out of good faith, though. That's what I yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, George Patton, the general manager of the Denver Broncos, has come out and spoke about the Russell Wilson, uh, Wilson situation, which we all learned of a few weeks back. Whenever he was benched as the quarterback of the Denver Broncos, this is late, 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 like last week. Allegedly, what came out was after the Kansas City Chiefs game. They were in a bye week, by the way, mm-hmm. and the Chief, uh, the Broncos want the Russell Wilson. Asked him to get rid of an injury guarantee that was like $37 million for if he was to get hurt this year would basically enact that. So they wanted to continue to play him, but they didn't want to roll with the dice of the injury potentially guaranteeing $37 million from 2025, especially if they weren't sure he was going to be their quarterback for a long time. So this is how George Patton described the situation that took place business-wise. I appreciate the question, Mike, and I'll address uh, the Russ situation, you know, hopefully one time and, and as thorough as, as possible. Um, you know, during the bye week, I did reach out to, to Russ's agent in a good faith and, and creative attempt uh, to oh. adjust 
his contract. Uh, we couldn't get a deal Creative. done. He's creative. Uh, we moved on uh, with our season. It, it didn't. It didn't come up again. Fast forward week 17. Sean makes a change at the quarterback position. Uh, this was a football decision made by Sean. What he thought was in the best interest of the team. Football this was completely independent of any conversations I had uh, with the agent. Again, it was a football decision uh, made by Sean. Uh, in regards to the negotiations. You know, I'll just keep the specifics private. Um, okay, we heard out of respect for, for really everyone involved. Uh, negotiations are hard. Yikes. You have difficult uh, conversations, tough conversations, and uh, and you can characterize a negotiation really any way you want. Mm -hmm. And we always try to handle ourselves professionally oh. and uh, in the best interest. Why'd you give of the them the big deal then? And this was no different. Well, that would be negotiating good faith then. And then mm -hmm. he said it in the bye week. General George Payton, by the way, not Patton, um, even though they're, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. He said that they were negotiating good faith, independent. There was a lot of words said there. And they're for, all bullshit. Yep. yep. All right. Yep. Yep. In yeah. my opinion. Well, agreed. If you're trying to take away a guarantee that it has already been negotiated, you would think the good faith negotiation had already taken place. Now, him saying that it was an independent decision, that's a football decision, it's a business thing, we operate in good faith, those are all words to save himself from future lawsuits. Yeah. Okay, that's why there was a lot of that happening mm -hmm. in there, which is why he said, I'm hoping to cover this one time, mm -hmm. and hopefully he doesn't want to have to check all the boxes every single time he addresses it. But players are always going to think that's bullshit forever. Now that we heard it. And I do appreciate that he said you can describe negotiations however you want from whoever's side. That's probably valid as well. Mm -hmm. I assume there was some other thing that they were willing to give to Russell if he would gave that up because what else would you be potentially bartering there? And we don't know what that is. But at this moment, yeah, it's like everybody's going to remember you did that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is just how it's going to go. Mm -hmm. And players, free agents are going to remember that as well. And when you think about Russ, like now Russ could, I mean, sure, he's going to get cut and lose some money, but he, he could end up in, you know, Las Vegas. Think about the places he could choose from. To Tennessee. Go to. Tennessee. Tennessee. Well, Levis, but still Tennessee. Oh, yeah, my bad, yeah. Was he the coach at uh, Tennessee? What are we? Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta. Atlanta. I mean, who who knows what happens with the Bucs? They, they got Baker, but they might say, hey, Pittsburgh. we kind of like Russ more. Mike Tomlin bringing in Russell oh. Wilson. He's going to want big money, though, right? He'll still get a good w chunk. Will he? Can, can you not? Correct me if I'm wrong on yeah. this, right? Because I, I think he, he's still owed $37 million, right? So $34, I think. Whatever yeah, it is. Whatever it is. $34, right? So let's say can't somebody just sign him to a vet men deal at $1 million mm -hmm. and then let and screw the Broncos. And then yeah. let Denver owe them $33? That's I mean, definitely going to be. That's going to be the move, right? That's how it goes down. They yeah. go higher, too. But right? they also said, here's Sean Payton talking about the quarterback position, talking about Russell Wilson's future in it, actually. Look, it, I, I think that when, oh. when we get back and we begin this process of looking at our roster, um, you know, where we select, there's so many things that go into um, a decision specific to the quarterback, which is significant, obviously. Um, so it's too early at all. I, I, I spent half an hour with Russ yesterday. Um, you know, and I, I told him, I said, look, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be a long, drawn-out process, but, um, but it hasn't been decided relative to what our plans are. Okay, so that's big news, right? Okay. Yeah. So we all be. just assumed he was getting cut. They're yeah. moving on. Mm -hmm. He said that we have not made that decision yet, all relative to when are we picking, who's all available, mm -hmm. what type of quarterback do we think could potentially come in here because we're going to have a massive cap hit if we do move on from Russell Wilson after the deal that we signed. So Sean Payton, at the beginning of that, you two uh, started a lot. What, is everything all right? I mean, you know, uh, professional uh, speaking, uh, he speaks a lot to, you know, everybody, team, the media, I guess, 
part of what he was part uh, yeah. of his job. It was a lot of, lot of stumbled a little bit out of the yeah, gate. A lot of uh, what does that mean? Bro, hey, look, Russ, Russ is treated as like a, a true professional, and, and the fact that they even spent thirty minutes together, you know, kind of surprises me at this point too. But uh, him saying, you know, the decision is made. I just don't. And then George saying, "Oh, fast forward to week seventeen, a football decision was made." Independent, like. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, like that. I, that's come on, the, the Peyton come stuff, on, maybe, because Sean Payton just has. Which four. one? Which one? Because they're Sean. Both. The, the George Payton saying it was a football decision, I could see that just because Sean Payton came in and was like, hey, this is my team. Like, I'm making all the decisions. I don't have to check with anybody. But the decision's been made. Like, that, that's bullshit. Yeah. And, and acting as if, hey, maybe, yeah. maybe he stays. There's, there's 0% chance that he stays. I assume Sean might like one of the guys, like, in the middle, like JJ McCarthy or. You know, maybe go up to ten and take Penix if he's there. But there is a zero percent chance Russell Wilson is on that roster when the new season starts. What if he is though? You know, what oh. if he's envisioning the snaps pregame again? You know, mm-hmm. he can't. Play- Sean Payton in the background of a photo. Just <laughs> God, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> can't play any better. <laughs> we won too many games. We got too good of a draft. Too bad of a draft pick. <laughs> Just remember him going, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then remember, I don't want to bring all this up because, you know, it is a deep pool, but there's a picture of Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, Steve Young. What? Yep. Eating dinner. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. And Joe Montana. Yeah, right after uh, Payton Sh- got the job. Sean Payton got the job at Denver. And we asked him about it, and he said, Joe Montana was there. I said, like, how was the dinner with Russ? Mm-hmm. You know, all anybody's really talking about Russ. <laughs> and he goes, it was good, but, like, Joe Montana was there. That's yeah. my boyhood idol. Yeah. Like, it, it basically, it was like, I didn't talk to Russ. I talked to Joe freaking Montana. Yeah. That was the answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Me too? I, yeah, Joe. Hell yeah. He saved his uh, grandkid by yeah. throwing a football, mm-hmm. hitting a burglar, uh, right a kidnapper. In the temple. Right yeah. in. <laughs> right the baby. Right in the nose, mm-hmm. slid down the banister because he was upstairs, pulled yep. the tro- the yep. ball out of a trophy case, slid down, bounced off, mm-hmm. caught grandbaby, left-handed, and then put foot on kidnapper, who obviously had a broken beak yeah, and potential CT because uh, of the football that he threw. Yes. We would love to have dinner with Joe Montana. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the conversation about that photo was not that Sean Payton got to meet Joe Montana. No. The conversation was, hey, here's Sean Payton and Russell Wilson for the first time in public. And then remember the meetings, the office space that mm-hmm. Russell had? Yeah, that bullshit stops today. Sean Payton said. <laughs> uh, it's so, kissing the babies. So I think, yeah, yeah, we don't need a movie yeah, character. You're not a politician. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, bingo. He yeah. said that. So I think from the beginning, there's probably been a little bit of, uh, from Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, like, uh, you're going to prove to me. You know, you're know, you going to have to prove to me that, that you're it. And that goes back to Sean Payton having, having to have told George Payton and the Walton family whenever they were interviewing for him, like, I have to be able to move on yeah. from Russell Wilson if I don't think he's the guy. And that's an interesting little storyline of this whole thing because then we know for the next five, six, seven years, whatever it is, this is certainly Sean Payton's team completely. Not that we didn't think that at all. But, like, how does he go about building it? What is Sean Payton looking for? Everybody's saying he's looking for the new Drew Brees. It's like Russell Wilson started having success in that offense, I think. Mm-hmm. They started doing it well. Who's he looking for? What type of quarterbacks is he looking for with that offense over there? I have no idea right now. So, it, the plan isn't it isn't like obvious to any of us. Like, like Connor said, maybe he does have somebody in the draft that he has his eye on and he expects to be in the middle of the pack. We know 
that is the most important position when it comes to success and head coaching and all that. It's going to be interesting for him. You've had this offensive lineman on here every single time. He wanted to rebuild the offensive line. It's like, I do wonder. He's about Good. He's about the only guy that I'm sure Sean loves. And they spent money. Oh, jeez, this guy. They spent money, too, to, to bring that. Yeah. yeah, they signed Mike McGlinchey. Again, again though, right? Like, McGlinchey comes from San Fran. San Fran. What have we talked about a million times with scheme, right? Like it's matters. Hey, listen, let's let's run the ball 35 times, and then we got 15 play actions built. So 50 plays out of a 65 play game are not very stressful, right? For an offensive line. For an offensive lineman. Now you go to shotgun five step, where 55 plays are stressful. It's a completely different world. Plus, you never know. Sean, world. Sean Payton might have been like, "Hey, McGlinchey, let's." Let, let's let a couple guys through today. Get Russ killed, maybe. Oh, like sunshine. Yeah. Was it yeah, the, Was Sean the one who brought him in? Or was he been there for two years? This is his first year. I, th- first, I thought, yeah, okay. first year because he was a no, free they just agent. signed him this year, and they brought in uh, Cleveland from Baltimore as well. God, what a love! Not Cleveland, uh, Powers. No, Powers. I'm a, that Denver story is interesting. Yeah, because oh, yeah. no, they're in the Chiefs. Yeah, right. Yeah, division. You know, so it's always going to be a conversation of can he beat the Chiefs as opposed to can he win a Super Bowl. And Sean Payton had options. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton has been there before. I'm just going to assume he can figure it out. But just like in Tennessee, who's better? Yeah. For Denver, like, who's better? Who's better than Russell? It did yeah. the conversation came after you beat the Chiefs for the first time in, what, eight years, I think? Wait, you're talking about good faith? That's, it's just wild. I mean, I. That was that a bye we, week, by yeah, the way. Bye week. Bye week. Now that we know, like, how at least a little bit of this Sean Payton story in Denver, his last year with Drew Brees, I, I would have loved to get a little more out of Sean Payton that last year. Because what was he thinking then? When he decided to retire I, on, I, on a Monday? Yeah, Russell Wilson, what? He, he play, he's played 50 times better than what Drew Brees was in <laughs> yeah, his last he had all season. <laughs> he had all those great years with Drew, though. Yeah, yeah there's a little yeah. build-up probably yeah. in the bank. And remember, Drew Brees has actually gone on record as saying, like, that last year his arm. Yeah, Yeah, we all knew, we had respect, massive respect mm-hmm. for Drew. And it was hard because they were on prime time because mm-hmm. how good Drew Brees had been. And he looked different. I assume Sean Payton was certainly having a lot of conversations with himself. Like, that perfect call, of course. Perfect mm-hmm. call, of course. And then he retires out of nowhere on a Monday. Or yeah, yeah. Noon yep. or 2 o'clock. We had no idea what was happening. Yeah. Then he has to get traded out of there, remember, to the Broncos. Big to do to get Sean Payton to the Denver Broncos. First round pick. Yep. Yeah. First round pick was moved, that whole thing. And now we're staring down. A pro- they're going to have to rebuild if they move on from Russell Wilson. Yeah. But I assume it was all part of the plan. Uh, obviously, it's been a pretty active week. You had the national championship. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. So life is good. I hope you are feeling the exact same way. AJ, great work today, pal. Happy you could hear Boy, us. Hawker. Gotcha. Great audio today. Okay, great, uh, great video, too. You've looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think you've added to the memes in a proper fashion, you know? Perfect. <laughs> We all like to think that we're just living right here because we exactly. can talk about sports. Always. Oh, man, that looks so nice. Well, that's Joe Leonardo's head. <laughs> what island is that? All right. Not the one you've been See, to. That's, that's what happens. That's the problem right there. Great work today, boys. Great work today. What's so funny, AQ? What's so funny? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just we're – sta- we're staying in this lane. Yep. Hey. Here we go. Good job, thank you. Blinders. Good job, thank you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Back room, great work. Good boy, good work. Zito, congrats, baby. Congrats, Zito. Yeah. Congrats, Zito. Congrats, Zito. Congrats, Zito.
Congratulations. Can't wait to meet her. Uh, other than that, we'll be back tomorrow with a big one. Huge. No Thursday Night Football, but we got some good conversation yeah. coming in, some good breakdown of the Super Wild Card Weekend, in which we have games on Saturday, what? Sunday, what? and Monday. It's a beautiful time. We can't thank you enough for allowing us to do this for a living. Be a friend, tell a friend something nice. It might change your life. Goodbye.